too. Like I turned, I, I unplugged the power for the hub and everything. Right. And I see this cord kind of floating there, and I was like, oh, let me let me just pick this thing. Out. I, I unplugged the other thing, and then I re- and also I was holding like an empty. I was holding a cord that's attached to nothing. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> So I was like, oh, like do I actually need this? <laughs> yeah, exactly what I thought. I was like, do I need what's going on with this? And I oh, that's the hub <laughs> power. Got it. Great. Oh. Now well, it, it seemed like some of the other stuff was lighting up though. Right, yeah, it did. It did before. Weird. But now which is strange. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was all about. It was weird. But um <laughs> Yeah, I guess the focus right just actually just had power. Like it somehow just had power and it didn't have any other way to communicate with the computer. So it was like, I guess oh, I'm just gonna be gotcha. on and you can't change buttons and shit you can't tell me what to do you can't tell me what to do but i'm gonna um, uh, forgive me because i did not eat dinner was, uh, so <laughs> hey, what, hey, what you got pizza. there what you got there stuffed mm. crust mm, man that looks mm. like deep dish Domino's. i think it's like a pan it's it's halfway to deep dish can i get that half deep <laughs> <laughs> when you're not willing when it's too late to go full deep you gotta go just half deep <laughs> Well, I'm trying to watch my carb intake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Matt. Matt. Matt's got jokes. Oh, Matt's got jokes. Okay, then. Okay, Matt. <laughs> I see you, Matt. Okay. Okay. Let me just say, you're so crafty at audio equipment, my guy. <laughs> this is how you get crafted at audio equipment. You fuck up. <laughs> they said that was Domino's, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, Domino's. Was that Domino's in uh, Target? Mm-mm. I got home. I was like racing home. I pull in and I was like, I'm going to just order this pizza like on the go. I'll just, I'll just order it while we we're doing Damn, it. Damn. Okay. My brother answer the door and then be like, multitasking. Hey. Like text him like, hey, dude, bring me that pizza. And so I got home, <laughs> knocked on his door and I was like, hey, dude, um, how late is Domino's open? And he goes, oh, he's all, I don't know. I, I, I think they close at eight. And I was like, fuck. So they're closed already. He's like, yeah, but I, I mean, maybe I don't know. He's like, but I have a, I bought a pizza already, so you can have some. I was like, what? Oh, what? It, it Dang! In the, in the kitchen, it was the lights are all off in the kitchen. I turn on the lights, and there's this box just beckoning me. Yeah, like, not even touched, dude. Not no. I was just like, yes, please. It's good. That's funny that you were you were uh, craving pizza, and then they just so happened to have pizza there waiting for you, dude. I've been wanting pizza. <laughs> How does that like... work? In a way, I think this this leads into our our movie today, bro. Let me do this uh, this intro real quick oh, while you shit. while you uh, munch down on that pizza. Gotta have some sort of intro, right? Right, I dig it. What's up, guys? Welcome to Affliction Nautilus Podcast, episode one, the very first episode. Yeah. My name is Eric, and the other voice occupying your head this time is Michael here. Uh, uh, Espinosa. It, it is. It is Espinosa. Um, it is I. <laughs> I'll just you know munching on pizza while we do our thing. Oh yeah, do your thing, man. Well, this is a monthly podcast where we mainly talk about films that we think are popular, intriguing, enticing, terrible, or otherwise just interesting to us. And we may also slip in some TV shows or other media here and there. Uh, needless to say, we will be getting into spoilers here, and we do condone foul language. Y'all motherfuckers better be ready. <laughs> get ready, <laughs> get ready. Because in today's ready. episode, we'll be covering Tenant. So that's what I was saying. I was like, see, mm-hmm. that pizza... That pizza situation, it's almost like you planted that pizza in the future, so that way your past self would just run right into it, because you knew, you knew, that was that day where you're like, man, I'm starving, I was out at Target all day, I could use some pizza, some Domino's specifically, and it was there, I was waiting for you. (laughs) It's almost like your brother's like, yeah, someone just left this pizza here, like, I don't even know how I got here, so I was like, all right, whatever. (laughs) I just went with it. 
yeah dude it felt that way i was like what <clears throat> yeah this was it was perfect and i've been like i was saying earlier i was craving pizza I've been craving it for like two weeks and i don't normally i haven't had pizza in like almost a, a year maybe so but, how, how you feel about a uh, pizza hut or uh the john's Ooh, oh papa john's yeah that place um pizza hut is still really good man they have like the crispiest pepperonis i just this, I haven't i haven't been to pizza hut since i was a kid but um I do like the seasonings for Domino's. That's kind of my my big pull is the, is the seasonings. Oh, so interesting, like in the crust or whatever. But um, right, right. You mentioned Pe- Papa John's. I love Papa John's. I'm like a fat kid when I get to Papa John's, and I have like I always get the butter sauce too. <laughs> I'll be dipping that shit all in that butter sauce. Like yeah, and they have that pepperoni always just kind of chilling. I'm like yeah, give me that. Dude, that's how I felt with that uh, that pokey. You know, I was hitting up that pregame pokey and. Yeah. I was like, let me get that pokey. <laughs> Stop playing. Give me that pokey. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Wow. So man, you finally watched it, huh? Mm-hmm. Finally watched Tenet. Do you I feel like, you- so you, you went back, you, you initially watched like half of it and then you <laughs> went back and rewatched it from the beginning <laughs> all the way to the end. Yeah. I watched, I watched a third of it. I watched up to the point when, um, they get to the dinner, the dinner scene. Mm-hmm. And um and Seder, the um antagonist, tells him in what ways he's going to harm him, the protagonist. Anyway, you know, I was I was looking at the cast and I was wondering, like, man, that actress that plays uh Cat Barton in the movie, mm-hmm. like, where have I seen her from? Because mm-hmm. she looks hella familiar, right? And mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how I didn't notice this before. So, have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. She's oh. Aisha. She was. She's a, she's she was like, like you know, all the gold people. Mm. That yeah, was she, her. Yeah, she's the one who's pissed, and they and they make um. Wow, I didn't even know that, dude. Yeah, she's Aisha from Guardians Aisha. of the Galaxy. Dude, she is like stunningly gorgeous, and um. Oh, always, always, yeah, and she's, and she's also in Man from Uncle. What if, you remember that movie? Yeah. Like how she ends up like finding out that uh, they're they're like agents or whatever. Mm. So that was her. I think that was the first yeah. time I'd, I'd actually seen her. It's like, damn, she is. But she was also in uh, Crown as Princess Diana, too. If anyone's what? watched that TV show. Dude, she's way too So she's, she's, yeah, she's been in some stuff, man. That's good for her, but damn, is she tall. I'm like, whoa. She's like dwarfing everybody. I don't, yeah. I don't know how tall she is, because I don't know how, um, I think it's Sir Kenneth Branagh is. That, uh-huh. guy's, that guy's amazing. Oh. Yeah, even he doesn't seem like he's that tall compared to her. You know, they might be like same height. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. He just. I um, think she she towered over the protagonist though in Tenet. Yeah, she did. Um, I thought she towered over over Sir Kenneth as well. Um, oh, maybe she was, just tall, she was taller than everybody in in most <laughs> scenes. There was just one dude. I'm trying to think who was as tall. Uh, as an her. extra. Oh, uh. It was his. It was his like lackey. It was Sater's like lackey, Kenneth Brownell's lackey, the the, the, oh, the tall yeah. dude with the shaved head. You know the kind of. I think he was doing the driving in that whole um, that that chase scene. But see, then if he's if he's sitting down driving, how are you gonna know? <laughs> you don't, you don't really get the the whole scale of how tall he is, right? Because right. they have well, him sitting down the whole time. Yeah, he comes over. It, it isn't until um. So right. So when when I was mentioning before that whole dinner scene, he's the one who walks over to him after Ken, after uh Seder just goes like he's like we're done here no, we're not having more of a conversation mm. we're done here and he like waves him over right so the guy comes it's that's that's the guy that he brings over that's the but guy huh that's the guy so it's him and then when they get out of the car there's a part where um you know where they capture her uh-huh excuse me and they're bringing her into that 
room. Remember, there's that whole that, that whole scene is so complex. It's just I gotta like rewatch that a few, few more times. But <laughs> you gotta watch it again when, he, when it's going backwards <laughs> and he's interrogating the protagonist with like a, where he's basically gonna shoot her if if okay. he doesn't give him the answer. Remember that whole it's kind of really tense. Well, it's in that moment when they're getting out of the car. I'm bringing this all up just to say that's when I saw how tall they were. <laughs> they were the only two who were the exact same height. So that's why I was just like, oh, they're both pretty. I mean, they seem like they're tall. I don't know. Bro, spoilers with his height. I ruined it. Yeah, I should have. I should have led up into that shit. I gotta oh, go bad. back and watch that movie just so I can see that scene when he stands up, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, yeah, he was tall. And then we got we got redo this. We got run this back. We'll, we'll we'll run this back, and you'll be like, shit, dude. You, you know what? You had it. You had it, Peg. Man, he's the only dude on her. Level. I should have. I should have gone into the future, inverted myself, and then set a little piece of paper. Right. That let me know for sure how tall he was. I'm just saying, dude, you got to want it bad enough. If you want it like I wanted pizza for the past two weeks, bro, it'll, it'll happen. happen. It'll, it'll happen. I mean, this won't even this moment won't even happen. You'll, you'll change the past so much that it'll just be like it never did. So, you know, I, I did want to ask you about uh, the protagonist who I mean, that's basically his name because we don't know what the hell his name is. Right, right. They never say his name, mm-hmm. but uh, played by John David Washington. What would you think of his acting? Killer. The you liked it? A genius. I love it. Yeah. You know, he is um, Denzel Washington's son. Son, I, yeah. It's his son, that, and I was blown away. I was just like... Yeah, I, I did not know that going in. But there was something that bugged me about mm. his acting. I just felt like he he seemed like someone that was just learning how to act and didn't quite know how to elicit emotion just mm. all throughout the movie. Mm. I don't know. Everyone else, I mean, even Robert Panson, Robert was fucking killing it. You oh, know, dude, he was doing his thing. Heart. That guy broke my heart. And I felt oh. like uh, John David Washington was just he was just trying to play catch up. Everyone else is just acting circles around him. So it might be because he doesn't have a lot under his belt, you know, a lot of experience. But I just kind of felt like he was kind of bland and mm. didn't really convey a whole lot of emotion. The way I took it, honestly, that's why I I, I I just had a different opinion of it, just because um the way he was playing it was so fucking stoic. Like he was, I felt as though, I don't know what his past is. I'm looking at mm-hmm. this guy and I'm like, this guy's gone through some really fucked up shit. Like he's gone through some terrible, terrible shit from the first scene when he's having to rescue all these people. He's seen some shit. And then to have his, mm-hmm. what he goes through, I don't, I don't necessarily get into specifics here, but there's, he goes through some pretty, like pretty rough shit in the, um, in the, in the beginning. Couple oh yeah. Scenes. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I mean, so, we're doing spoilers here, so. Okay. Well then, oh, yeah. Yeah. so when he's getting his teeth pulled out, Oh my God. Uh-huh. And he was just playing it stoic again, just like, I'm not going to, you know, even then, even then I felt like he was, I didn't really get a sense that he was in pain. I just kind of felt like I was almost watching a stage play and they're just like, okay, the instructor is just telling him now you're in pain. And he, he's just kind of thrown off like, okay, um, I guess I'll, I'll try to pretend like I'm in pain. He was just kind of twitchy, but he, it didn't seem like he was agonizing pain or anything like that. And I, that scene was kind of confusing to me because I think they, they didn't flat out say, you know, I'm ripping out your teeth or whatever. It was just oh, kind right. of implied. Mm-hmm. And it was implied later when they said we reconstructed your mouth, mm-hmm. but his mouth was kind of open. You still see a lot of teeth in there. So I'm like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I guess I get the sense that, yeah, there was a couple times where it seemed like, um, like we were just dipping in. Right. Cause okay. So the clock, that was, a, that was a kind of a big point that they brought up. Mm-hmm. And the guy who's pulling his teeth out has that clock sitting on the table and he's sure. something about seven o'clock. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be doing this until seven o'clock or some some shit like that. I don't remember uh-huh. exactly that, but well, and then he he like hour. reverses the time to right. draw it out, right? Oh, we need to. We need what to an asshole! Back. Yeah, we need to set, set this back mm-hmm. just to really really break them. Oh but yeah. The what, what I took from that was to kind of give you why why it is I, I I'm seeing it just a little bit differently is I've been reading this book called um, uh, Can't Hurt Me. Okay. Um, by David Goggins. And just listening to his story and kind of what he had to go through to become a, a Navy SEAL, he, this is a whole lot he has to go through to, to, to do that. And then starts doing ultra running ultra marathons. I haven't finished the book yet. I actually mm-hmm. just finished his first 24 hour marathon, which is nuts. His whole d- description of it. But this guy is a badass motherfucker. So I'm looking at him and I'm like, this is that guy um, just in movie form, so to speak. So when he's getting his teeth pulled, well, the okay. way I took it was, this is like David Goggins. He's not going to show these guys that he's hurt. He's not, he's not going to let, he's not going to give them the fucking satisfaction of letting them see him in pain, like even mm. playing it at all like that. And here, here's why I feel so, so strongly about his performance that way. Not that I'm trying to sell you on it, um, but I'm just giving my reasons why, why okay. I think it was like him, him just playing it just right. Cause it, it got me. I was just like this sure. guy, God dang it. I was, I was really honestly blown away. I was like, I hear his voice sounds so similar to Denzel's too, just really, really similar. In some certain scenes, I was just like, shit. So the thing, the the one scene for me that really sold me on his personality was when when he first meets Rob, well, what well, first meets uh, Robert Pattinson's character. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I say first Neil. Meet right, Neil. There it is, Neil. Thank you. Okay. When he first meets Neil, so they're sitting there. Neil, Neil kind of slips in, sits right next to him. You know, he walks up with his swag. He does. His he white does. suit. He needs to calm that shit down. You remember his white suit and his fucking, his <laughs> hair was like a little, not, I wouldn't say unkempt, but it was just a little. Just enough. A little, a little must. And yeah. it just looked great because it's just like, yeah, you're, you're, I think they were, I don't remember where they were. They were in India, I think, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gets humid out there and he looks, you could see on his skin, his complexion was kind of like, uh, moist, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, like it was, it was hot or humid out there, right? Yeah. That's what yeah. they're trying to convey humid. Right. So they, they, they got that going, but even in that he's killing it in that suit. Right. And then just the, the interaction between them, the protagonist is he's sitting cross-legged. So already you're seeing he's comfortable. Mm-hmm. No one sits cross-legged that isn't comfortable just naturally that's like a limbic thing um <laughs> it's where if you're in fight or flight mode you're ready like if you, somebody needs to leave they're going to be like their feet will be planted and they're they'll be gripping like the armchair that they're in so like he, they he didn't go. seem like he was uh, on edge at all not in the least okay. he seemed he was in his element and in fact actually he was like he was like his legs were away from Robert Pattinson. He was hmm. so cash. It was like they were con- they were kind of uh, spitballing for ideas on how they were going to s- get to uh, this this contact that that uh, the protagonist needed to, to reach. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. Do you remember her name? Uh, which one? Oh, um, that that lady. That the, yeah. she's uh, an informant or something like that. Yeah, she, well, she, she, she might was, be in on it. She might be like a high ranking. I don't know, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. Right, right. Which we find out later. <laughs> she was hired by. By the protagonist, <laughs> the, the whole thing was was yeah. his, his mastermind. That's the biggest spoiler alert right there, uh, mm. or biggest spoiler, I should say. So it, they're they're basically it's that scene where they're conjecturing. Uh, you know, how should we do this? So, you know, this, mm-hmm. you know, we'll do this. We could try that. Whatever parachutes. The, just the way he was so casual. He's like, uh, maybe we could parachute in, and he's like, no, nah, it's not going to work. He's just just, just, just <laughs> his hand gestures. He was very subtle. 
Uh-huh. And I, 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 I fucking dug that shit. That, his, his smarmy way with uh, when he walks in, it was great. That whole scene when he goes to meet Michael Caine's character um, mm. to get all suited up and whatnot. <laughs> um, to meet with to meet with uh, Mrs. Barton or whatever her character uh-huh. name is the the tall drink of water we were talking about yeah Cat Barton got, right because he's got the Goya remember they've got that Cat Barton there it is he's mm-hmm. got that the Michael Caine's character has that Goya in a in a gift bag that he's going to give to him okay um, and yeah anyway, yeah that's right so <clears throat> right from from a repo so it's in that scene when he walks in and this Mater D gives him some gives him like grief <clears throat> he walks in and just says the guy's name yeah i'm here to meet so-and-so and you mean and, he, and the mater d goes you mean sir so-and-so i forget the guy's name. He goes, you mean sir. sir michael crosby right exactly michael crosby yeah yeah and then he's like <clears throat> what does he say he says <laughs> he says i'm assuming sir michael crosby and he goes and he looks he, he looks at him because before he was just like yeah i'm here to see so-and-so and he's like you mean i assume you mean sir and he, and he stops for a second and he just looks at him in yeah. the eye and he goes, assume away. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Immediately, okay. it's like, it's on. And then he just right? sits down, right? Well, he says, assume away. So then the guy walks him to Michael Caine's table, Sir Michael Crosby. Mm. And uh, and he said, and Michael Caine's like, you know, I hope you don't mind. I got started without you. <laughs> he's like, oh, no problem. I'll just catch up. And he says, uh, he says give me, give me what, give me one of whatever he's having. Yeah, and he's like, if you want, he's like, oh, I can bring have a have a a way to bring you a menu. He goes, no problem, just put the order through. <laughs> just like uh, digging it in. Oh yeah, it's great because in the end, in a way, now I'm just talking about it. Uh huh. I see now this was all just a fucking dig on that guy because he never intended to eat anyway. It was like, just do this for me, piece of shit. Did you like, notice that? I, I felt like you. He's in a couple different food scenes, and he never takes one damn bite out of either either scene. Oh, right, right, right. They were at dinner together. Um, he and Kat. Oh, there go mm-hmm. my lights. Cool. Oh man, blackout. Cool, cool, cool. There you go. Let there be <laughs> light. Let there be so light. So did you uh do you remember um what I was telling you about the that uh Rotas Square? Like did you were you like thinking about that when you rewatched it? Bro, definitely, definitely. It was such a subtle thing that came up. I guess it's the um, the Sator Square or Rotas Square, I forget. I think it's based off of however you have it like uh lined up at the top. Okay. That's what that's basically what they call it, but it's that two-dimensional word square containing the the five Latin words. Okay, yeah, all I that didn't... you know, and it's like the palindromes. Like you can read it up, down, left, right, and it's it's basically always the same. Yeah, that was brilliant when you when you gave me that insight. I was like, holy shit! What what is what? Christopher Nolan, man, just on another level, dude, just making a movie about Yeah, that. he he just, like, <laughs> found that, I don't know, maybe he was just flipping through Wikipedia, and that was the article of the day, and he's just like, hell yeah, I'm going to make a movie about that. Right, just um, the level of complexity that this movie, I mean, it's so great, because the I, the concept isn't, I don't know, like, the whole palindrome things, I, ba- I barely understand it, but, I mean, I don't even know if I really fully understand what you were describing before, I just knew that it the simple fact of it going forwards and backwards getting yeah. the idea that concept it's weird great. like whoever whoever came up with that and i i wonder what the the purpose of it was right because so it originally was found in like pompeii italy right and then mm. there might have been some sort of like magical capabilities or whatever elements to it i i was i was kind of looking into it I believe it's supposed to tell some sort of story. Like I, I don't remember ex- the exact details, but it was basically saying something like, I don't know, the, the farmer works hard in the field or some shit like that. So it, 
some people were thinking it translates to something like that. Other people thought it had some sort of magical powers that blocked out the devil, you know? <laughs> so I think it, maybe it's based off of interpretation. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, but I think each word basically is supposed to represent something. So it's like tenant, the the worker, and then, I don't know, like opera and then rotas and all that stuff. Like those all represent something different, even though it's like the same word flipped. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> Isn't that interesting? That's a... That's a, that's a interesting concept alone. You know, just to, just to fiddle with the idea of of concepts, <laughs> just to get real meta here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and again, I could totally go that way. But but with um, <laughs> when I studied logic in college, I'm throwing that out there. But when uh-huh. I did something that we that came up was the fact that it was a word. A word being the word was equivocal. Breaking that word down, just just breaking the word down in half, even just saying equi. Vocal, equi vocal, equal voice, same, uh, having similar meanings. In other words, when you mm. say unequivocally, that means no mistaking it. This word, I'm saying this is the thing. When something is equi- equivocal, it'd be like um, it'd be like going to the dictionary. When you go, when you open up a dictionary randomly, like I have this big thick ass dictionary. I love mm-hmm. I love books and I love dictionaries. You just anyway, have it on point, ready to go. Bam. Yeah, it's it's down here. Let me show you something, girl. Have you ever read girl, uh, this Webster's Volume level. Seven? Get get on my level, girl. Oh, either way. Bye, <laughs> Lay you down. <laughs> um, the uh, well, it's around here somewhere. I don't I don't know. It's my, I, I keep most of my books under this desk, but um, I can't find it either way. That's what's when holding the up. desk up. It's, it's got no legs. It's, holding the, it's bracing the desk. It's it's serving <laughs> a greater purpose. <laughs> a greater purpose than being used to define words. Yeah, like it, so, it works great, but man, it's it's a pain in the ass when I need to use one of them. God dang, man. I'm like, shit, what's going to keep my desk? Gee dang up? it. <clears throat> Gee dang it, man. Gee dang it. Um, <laughs> you can tell it's a dictionary, by the way, that it is. <laughs> the, uh, well... All that to say, essentially, in the dictionary, when you look up any word, um, choose any, typically you're going to see several different definitions for that word. It's interesting that that this concept, okay, we're talking about tenet, and we're talking about opera, and mm-hmm. rotas. So these words that were in this, um, what, what did you call that again? The sator square, or the rotas square. Right, okay, the sator square, or the rotas It's basically square. like a stone tablet with like the words etched into the front. So this this tablet that goes back in, 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 into... You know, how, what, what does that pre- date back to? Do you know? No idea. I don't even think it's... the people even know exactly wow. where it came from, where, when carbon dated that shit. I don't know if you can even trust carbon dating. I've seen some, some stuff. I don't, I don't know if it's gotten more accurate <laughs> or not, but, um, 23 and me, that shit, 23 and me, that shit just kind of, you know, get a little, a little something on there a little saliva. I just find out what you are again. This thing is just from like 1985. That's so crazy. I thought I was older. Um, same age as me. Same age as me. What the? F- so, but just thinking about that, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of thrown by this whole idea that you're talking about this whole, the, mm. the farmer, what did you say? Something like the farmer tends the land or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. I remember, Until I think land. someone was trying to um, directly translate it and, mm. That's why it's you. You look at it and and you think this is such a interesting and just unique idea, but then someone tries to just walk in and and translate, and they're just like, yeah, it just means that uh, the farm. In order to succeed, you got to farm hard. You know, 
<laughs> oh so hard guy Farm so hard <laughs> you know it's he it's not even like farming. it ends up just not being like anything all that interesting <laughs> after all but you know well people people probably have uh, all these all sorts of theories with this thing Right. I mean, who's to say at this point? I mean, it's maybe translated literally. It does just mean that. But who's to say that even then it wasn't already um, in some sort of what's the word I want to use? Something that is actually in plain sight, a, a cipher, not a cipher, cipher, something like that. Anyway, basically, mm. what if in plain sight, if you don't know how to interpret this thing, it seems completely innocuous. It just seems like, yeah. oh, this is just about farming the land hard. And everyone goes, oh, my God, who needs that? But then somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing and, and understands the meaning, like maybe the, the history behind these words or, or mm. this particular um, shape. Yeah, it could be if you use a certain words in a specific context, then exactly. they mean something entirely different. Context and or flipping them, what they mm -hmm. might mean in, in their inverted form is what I'm also getting at here, too. So mm. when I, what I was saying before about equivocal, it's like a word in and of itself has can have multiple meanings, which is great. And that's what I'm getting at here as well is, is oh, the farmer, this, this, da, 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 da. But maybe there's there's other meanings. Maybe maybe there are more archaic meanings to those particular words, and we're just using what what sure. those words mean in modern times. But what right, if they meant right. something different then? And what if those words backwards meant something significant? Uh, and what if there were multiple meanings even there? Mm. So that's kind of where I'm getting at with this. And that yeah, complexity yeah. in something uh, in a shape in in using something as commonplace as words. Uh, that's what, how we communicate. <clears throat> sure. There's a beauty in the complexity of 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 words we, we we take so often for granted the fact that we can communicate and i think that communication i know that communication is far more difficult than we realize like just because we can say words doesn't mean we always understand what the person is trying to convey because meanings don't live in words meanings live in our heads right so, right so yeah so here here's the thing um here's the the little stone tablet basically it looks like Oh shit! So you see how tenant is like uh, in the middle, whichever way wow. you flip it. Wow! Wow! <laughs> oh my gosh! So if you right now it's in the Sator uh, formation, but if you flipped it to the left, it would be Rotos at the top yeah, right here. Yeah, it would be. Mm -hmm. Arepo, tenant, opera, and Rotos again. That's wild, right? Dude. And then thank so you. down here, uh, I saw like a little. Uh, interpretation of it. So one of the translations, I guess, the farmer Arepo has as works wheels a plow. That is, the farmer uses his plow as his form of work. So it's it's really odd, right? The farmer Arepo holds the wheels with difficulty or with effort, shifting to focus on Rotos. What is that? What, what does that even mean? Shifting to focus on Rotos. <clears throat> what is Rotos? What is yeah. what is what is he? Sh what does shifting mean in this sense? Where? How is he shifting? What does that mean? What What does it mean to shift? He's shifting his focus. I guess you could you could just imagine. Oh, he's looking, but I don't know. There's there's a lot to unpack there. I think. And um, at the end of the day, farm hard. That's what that farm, means. That's what that's what I'm getting from this whole fucking movie is farm hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's but, all he's working towards, is so that right. way he can just get to his plow. But it's like Plopping fields. <laughs> <laughs> the protagonist uh, going agricultural. Um, yeah, the all I know is is that just seems so so much like there's so much meaning in there, and also because it's it can it seems so enigmatic. Like there's this, who knows what the meaning is.
it's brilliant for Christopher Nolan to take this mm-hmm. idea and go like, Hey, I'm going to make it mean this, even if it's not really what it meant. Right. Just to right, be like, right. Hey, I'm just going to use these words here and be, it'll be kind of a little wink and a nod to anybody who takes the time to kind of look into this a little bit further. But yeah, I think he just takes like these really, he takes simple things and makes them complex because it, because there's ambiguity in it. Mm. You can make it kind of whatever you want it to yeah, be. Yeah. You just, you flesh it out. <laughs> Right, you know? right. And because and, there's an ambiguity, it's like, oh, it's hard to interpret. It, that, that's what makes it so hard to interpret is it could be And, so and there's no one things. to directly tell them that's incorrect because you said it's it's ambiguous or there's in a whole lot of knowledge just in general about this this topic. Yeah. So there's no one to just say, that's bullshit. You, you right. got it completely wrong. Right, right. And I, and even in terms of uh, in, in terms of even the movie, no one really knows what's going on because it's so complex. It's like, Oh, even when you find out, oh, he's he's um, got he's getting paid from the future mm-hmm. to, to to follow through on these plans of theirs. <clears throat> You're not sure. Like, what does that mean, though? Like, what, what are those plans? It's it's so ambiguous. And you, when you think, you know, you don't know. You're like, oh, he's rever- he's you can invert yourself. What the hell? Like, mm-hmm. it, this is all this nuclear talk of, you know, I don't know. And, and they're yeah, trying you, to figure out how do we, how are they inverting these bullets? And like, what they, is, what is the first, um, like the first time you actually see something inverted? Was it in the opera house? It's in the opera house. Yeah. It's that bullet comes out of the ground. I think you were so that, that well, before. So that bullet hole was already in there. How yeah. long did it have to be in there? You know, it was, it was planted ahead of time. So that way, uh, the guy uh, whose identity you don't know, he just has that little string thing hanging off his backpack. He sucks it back into his gun and then runs off. Right, right. You do know who that is, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that ends up being our boy. <laughs> God dang it, dude. That, gee, dang it, man. Gee, dang it. Freaking our boy, dude. Yeah. Edward so, Cullen, man, to the rescue. Edward Cullen, Team Edward. Yeah, um, I've only seen one of those movies in my life, and it was uh, the last Was it one. the good one? I don't know if the last one's the good one, then it's the one I saw. So, <laughs> Actually, yes. I, was, I was just going to say, like, whichever one you saw is probably the good one. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> mad respect to that guy. I, I, I could spend a whole episode just, like, talking about his character and just how... Not even just charming. He's not, like... He's he's not like he is above anything. He's not mm-hmm. smarter than anybody else in the room. He's just he's just helping and he's a good friend, like a mm-hmm. true friend. And that's why like it breaks my heart at the very end when he has to do what he's got to do. And um and, and the way that he knows kind of- he knows what his his fate already by that point, you know, and then he just he's still he doesn't even flinch. He doesn't think twice. No. Basically, the first time the protagonist ever sees Neil, but he doesn't know who that is. And so Neil pops up randomly, you know, a couple times before he even actually, like, talks to him. And by that point, so Neil is already best friends with the protagonist in the future, but he's gone to the past to help the protagonist be even before he even starts the Tenet organization. Yeah. It's crazy. Time travel gets complex. It's it's confusing. So I'm kind of I'm kind of confused even now. I'm wondering, you know, he's got to go back. He's he's got to be there to save uh, the protagonist's ass when that guy rips off his his patch, his little shoulder patch, and goes mm-hmm. like, "Who the hell are you?" Um, I think that's what it is. Oh no no no, that's not the time that he saves him. That's not the time he saves him. Uh, that's somebody else that saves him. The guy goes, "No friends at no friends at." Uh, what does he say? Dawn or something like that. Dawn, right, right. So, uh, 
he says, no friends at dawn, am I right? Or something like that. And he's like, oh, thank you. It's another moment when... I believe I the, the exact phrase he said was, no friends at dawn, my guy. He said, that's actually right. It's exactly, that's precise right there. No friends at dawn, my guy. And then looks at the camera and gives a little <laughs> wink. <laughs> That'd be so obnoxious. <laughs> I, would, I would have fucking turn off the movie immediately if he said yeah. some shit like that. Fuck this movie. This thing's lame. Dude. <laughs> Man, the whole the whole tone of the movie, just the, the the feeling of it, man, starting out, right? There's this there's this uncomfortable feeling when the when the orchestra is tuning their instruments. Uh, and then the build up, right? The build up, right? There's this tension because everybody's getting there and it just sounds very dissonant. So And you can like, I get a sense that um the audience, you know, is still kind of filling in because there's just this loud murmuring. Everyone's just having their own conversations right. and it's just blending in each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a brilliant way for christopher nolan to create tension in the scene without having some sort of like music in the background first be the thing that makes you feel unsettled it's it's like a it's like a one-up like he one-ups it by going hey you're actually listening to these people you're seeing on screen tuning their instruments so you're in you're almost involved you're like okay what's happening that's what you're thinking right now what's what's happening as these doors slowly close Hey, those doors all, are pretty badass. They are. They, did you notice those those walls? Essentially, they're like soundproof walls. They had doors in them. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you just have walls to begin with and just have those doors, like static doors, there? But um, Dude, that's fancy. A, yeah, that's super fancy. It's like we can, but oh no, basically they're like we don't because we can do this. Yeah. We it's like why not? Shit. Yeah. We have crazy engineering. We have retractable walls. Retractable walls, man. You can. We want you to peer <laughs> into this beautiful freaking oh that's true gorgeous. you walk in and you just get a clear view of the, the stage and everything oh that's, that's gorgeous yeah it's yeah. kind of like the uh disney opera house or disney what is that called i don't remember i've never been but i've seen pictures and i'm like oh my gosh that is it's a gorgeous building from the outside gorgeous mm-hmm. edifice and then when you walk in it's just like all these wood fixtures and bowing looking and it's all meant to to build the acoustics to make it really 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 good acoustically Interesting. But, so yeah so you know um that scene, of course, taking place in the opera house, that bullet. Uh, now mm-hmm. I'm wondering, when did when did uh, Robert Pattinson's character do that? Because there's no quick way to go to the past. You just have to fucking walk it. You have mm-hmm. to fucking live it. So mm-hmm. this is several days, at least days, after the whole thing. I'm yeah. wondering, how, how long did Robert Pattinson's character have to go to the past? And this question, I think and I just answered so answer that question, dude. No one... You know, no one noticed this giant bullet hole in one of the seats. They're like, man, we got to, especially because that place looked really classy. So they're, they're probably like, oh, hell no, we got to replace the seat immediately. Yeah, I don't patch this up. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of lost by that, too, because I'm thinking, okay, he's wearing the exact same backpack. Mm-hmm. How often does he wear that? I mean, I've never seen him ever wear that I, backpack. I don't think he ever changes his clothes. I think he just wears the same thing all the time. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. I feel like I feel like he here's my con- here's what I'm thinking is because he has that one string, right? That orange string ha- with like yeah. a little, little like medallion like keychain thing, yeah, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's wearing that same thing and basically the same outfit as what he's wearing at the very end of the movie uh, at oh. the very beginning. I'm thinking when he gets in that helicopter, I think he goes to the the past immediately. Then, really, as soon as he goes, as soon as he goes through those doors, he's reverse, he's inverted, so time's going backwards immediately. Right. So it's like, let me go all the way to the back. Because the, the, the longer there. the longer you stay inverted, the further back you keep going. So you just keep he just stays and he just yep. like lives his life going yep. backwards. Yeah, for 
the homie for the protagonist only to because he had to do that first right because he had to do that first mm. shoot the retract you know retrieve that bullet boom through that dude's shoulder and then just walk away in, in normal time in, in, so he right. he has to have uh inverted again into normal time and then going after the protagonist to be able to, he he knew he's going to be around here somewhere so let me just go ahead and run up behind him boom take out that guy right by retracting right. the bullet yeah, exactly. Retracted the bullet, then stepped away. You're right. He's right. He wasn't inverted at that point. So he he uninverted himself, then reinverted himself. No, no, he didn't even need to reinvert himself. God, I don't know. It's it's such a confusing movie because then in, in essence, he still has to make it back to the very end of the movie where mm-hmm. he has to take that shot in the face. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he has to unlock the gate because somebody has to unlock the gate for them right. to, to make it through. To beat that dude up who is as tall as, as we said, Cat. Uh, oh, Martin's is that the character. tall guy? The That's one the that tall shot guy, him? dude. Oh, yeah, okay. he's the one who's like, he's like trying to raise the, uh, or he's trying to get something, right? It's at the very end. It's it's when um, uh, Seder is trying to kill the entire world by okay. stopping time or whatever. Right. So that guy's trying to help him by raising this thing up or whatever. And, and they're trying to get him not to pull that cord. Remember, they're like trying to stop mm-hmm. him from doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same guy, same tall dude. But um, that's why they purposely put that cable up so high because no one else could reach it except for tall guy, Mr. Oh, tall man, Mr. Tall man. They're like, yeah, yeah, you're the guy. You, you are the guy. It's just a what, what a fun movie. What a sad movie. It's, it's, it's a mix of I feel so many different things watching that movie, but they don't like I was like I was getting choked up because I'm like, oh, shit. Like he's on which just part go die it, 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 at the scene Towards when, the end. when Robert Pattinson's walking away. And I don't know um, if you picked up that last line that one of the last lines that he says to him. And it was really it was really a brilliant nod to a, an amazing movie. Uh, hmm. Casablanca. I, I forget what the protagonist says to him as he's <laughs> realizing you're going to die. Like he just realizes, oh, my God, he's going to go back. And he's like, yeah, I got to just take care of this one last thing. You know, we only have so much time, he says. I yeah, go that, that part tricked me out. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, somebody's got to unlock that door or unlock that gate. And he's like, oh, and he goes, I forget what he says to him, but then he just goes, the way I see it is uh, this is the end of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. And and that was it was so true. It was such a good line. Um, Man, yeah. And it's, and it's that was, a, that was like, a powerful line, too. It was a powerful line. And before I go on, because there's more to that, there's more that makes that scene so much more impactful and makes me mm-hmm. just kind of really dig dig his character and and appreciate um appreciate robert pattinson as an actor oh, is, yeah. uh, uh, so that line by the way from casablanca is it's at the very end of the movie casablanca and humphrey bogart is there with i'm um, trying to think of his name now claude rains claude mm-hmm. rains character and he says as as the plane flies away with the love of 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 uh humphrey bogart's life goes away and they're walking on the tarmac he and 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 claude rains together and he says mm. this could be the start of a beautiful friendship oh so it was a nod to that it huh? was a nod to that only he says this oh. is the way i see it is this is the end of a beautiful friendship but see he he says it inverted he does <laughs> boom exactly dude he does and then the the meaning then, is inverted yeah it's, <laughs> ah, dude it's so so brilliant and then then he's like what does he say? Like, are we close? You know, do we do we get to know each other better, or do we get do we get close? And he's like, he's like, look, he's like, looks back over his shoulder. He goes, we get into some stuff. <laughs> you'll, you'll like it. You'll see. That's what he says. <laughs> nice. We'll get into so some stuff. I I really get the sense that um, they they had a really long friendship. 
You know, it wasn't yeah. just maybe a couple of years. Like they had known each other and part of best buds, maybe even by by the time Tenet begins, you know. But some might think, were they best friends because he met Neil from the future in the past? So he's like, I already know this guy. So when he runs into him, he he now the the roles are flipped and he's gonna run into Neil and he's gonna be like, Oh hey man, it's it's good seeing you again. It's been a few years and Neil's gonna be like, Who the fuck are you? You know, right. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's that's what's going to be so weird about it. Uh, you know what? You painted that so well. I hadn't actually thought that thing through. Yeah, he's going to. I think a bit like Terminator forever. where it's like, yes, did, Terminator is where my mind did went John Connor yes. send Kyle Reese back <laughs> because he knew it was his dad or did he send him back? And then he ended up being his dad. And so he <laughs> finds out about that. And then now in the future, he's like, fuck, now I got to send him back each time because right. otherwise I won't exist. Yeah, exactly. I got to send him back. Yeah, I I was actually thinking the exact same thing. Only I don't know how it, you know, I I, I don't know. I want to think that there aren't as many plot holes in this movie as there are in T2 because of that whole or just yeah. ter- ter- Terminator. When mm-hmm. he sends him back, you're like, well, this is his never ending loop of if he sends him back, then he has, if you know, the kid. And anyway, not to get which came first, track. right? Which came first, right? Exactly. So, um, with this, what's interesting to note, based on how you stated that, which is the protagonist will have known Neil based just with the their interactions from before mm-hmm. when he sent him to the past, I guess. Um, so he'll back have before he before. knew before the protagonist even knew what the hell was going on. Right. He had met Neil. Right, exactly. He so he so now he there's a point where I guess what I'm trying to get at there's a point when the protagonist meets Neil, he knows Neil well. Mm-hmm. Knows Neil really really well having done those few missions with him and everything, gotten to know him. So he gets to know he, he sees Neil having known him already. Yeah. But he he's super nonchalant with him mm-hmm. and maybe Neil doesn't quite get that I don't know. Who knows? But but uh, maybe all I'm trying to say is Neil's probably put on his heels a little bit by like how kind of just easy it is with with this yeah. guy. Well, you really get that sense that when, you know, Robert Pounce was walking up looking all suave in his suit mm. um, and then, you know, he sits down next to the it. protagonist. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you, you want a drink? I'm going to get a drink. And he's like, oh, I'll just take a water. He's like, no. No, you won't. Yeah, yeah. You can take a no, diet coke or whatever. No, he says, dude, it's even better. He goes, he goes. <clears throat> the guy, the waiter comes up and he says, "Y'all, yeah, I'll, I'll take a uh, what is it? I forget what mixed drink it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, I'll take one of those, and uh, he'll have a diet coke. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, uh, No, nah, I'll, I'll take a water. I think he was, he was trying, he was kind of annoyed by this guy at first. Like, he's like, Who the fuck is this guy trying to order me a drink? Right, like, so he's like, No, nah, I'll, I'll change it up on you. I'll take a water. You know me? Yeah, he, go, he says, Yeah, he'll, and a diet coke, and the guy walks away, and he goes, and he goes, I study, you know, I, I, I study the people I work with or whatever. Yeah, I, I studied you, or that's what he says. I think he's like, I, you know, I, I, I read up on you. I did my research. Uh-huh. Guy, but but you don't know when he's saying that that it's just because he was his friend too that he knew him that way oh yeah so that research was him just being because he doesn't drink time. on the job right he doesn't drink on the job precisely mm-hmm. he goes actually i would i'll take a water and then he or i would i would have taken a water and, and he looks at him he goes no you wouldn't <laughs> like this kind of smile and he's like yeah because he, he's, like he's grinning because he's like you're mm-hmm. i've seen you different than this this is oh, you yeah. acting like a hard ass right now and he's like yeah yeah night I think he was Neil was amused by it. He was he, he was, was like, man, this is so awesome, like seeing yeah. you like this because he he knows how he really is. He knows but, how he really uh, is, and, and he, he knows, knows his buddy gonna... so well. Mm-hmm. 
And I think he knows that he's, I think maybe at that point he knows he's going to die. I, I, I don't know. Well, maybe not though. I don't know hmm. when in the story he realizes he's going to have to die, but, but he, you know, he embraces that reality. And that's oh, why yeah. I, I really, you know, dig his character so fucking much. He's did like, you, so cool. Did you ever end up making sense of that whole like storyline with Kat and, and Sator, you know, like with the whole, he, he holds power over her because of that fake painting or anything like that. I, I was so confused by that. He was blackmailing her um, va- of vaguely. sorts. Yeah, vaguely. <clears throat> so the way he's blackmailing her is that he, she was the one who appraised the, the painting, saw it as a So would she one. lose her job if uh, she allowed to have a fake one pass through? She, she would look would lose, like a joke? She would lose her job and it would look like... I think it would just look really bad because not only did she, would she lose her job for, for selling a fake to somebody and appraising it like that, but now they might have to go back and look at her, her past uh, instances, right. And say like, well, how many other fakes did you allow to get past and sell them as real? But here's the, here's the other, here's how it is also blackmail. So there's that, there's the embarrassment, but that's not mm-hmm. the, that's not the full blackmail. The full blackmail is this. She had already had a relationship with this guy, a repo. Mm-hmm. And so it might look like, you know, he could build the case. Her husband could, and he's got enough money and whatever. Oh, was there's it evidence what, there? Was it implied was, that she she kind of had like an affair with this guy? It's implied, but she says oh, she never did. She right, says, right. and and all this, and I never did anything with him. Huh. You know, she says she says to the protagonist, but um, but it, the way that she he holds it over her head is not only does it look like an embarrassment to to her uh, for letting this one slip. It, more than that, it looks like she was in cahoots with Arepo to sell a, a fraudulent painting oh, to her husband for that's a what shit it was. ton of money. So it's like she would get put away because it would um, be an easy sell. It would be dude, so easy. Okay. She had a relationship with him. There are, I'm sure there are. There's evidence of that. That makes sense. Together, you know, maybe yeah. maybe her husband hired photographers to take to follow them and shit. So either way she would be put away for a long time and not even get to see her son. So that's why he like holds it over her head. That's, I'm all that's thinking, I'm all thinking Repo was uh, an artist or something, but he was just a forger. He was just making fakes forger. of real paintings. Okay. Which in a way, I mean, he is an artist. I mean, to be able to accomplish that, but he's not, he's not mm. an original. He's just a, he's just, yeah, he's a fraud. Interesting. So that's, that's why Sator was threatening to just take her son away, Max, right? Away yeah. from her. Easily. And so easily. that's why she was, she was, yeah, she was backed into a corner. And he just shows her the painting, like here, dangling it in front of her, like, oh. here's the thing. Don't, don't, you know, like, I got yeah, you. Yeah. I got you. You're not going anywhere. That's oh, the ace you know, in the hole. Lifts, right, exactly. She lifts open that, that dish, and all of a sudden, it's like. It's there again. Her. Just a yeah. reminder. Just a little, hey, by the way. That don't think I forgot about burn. you. Don't think I forgot about that. I knew well, and I, I, I'm always protecting myself. So I made sure okay. to, to okay. retrieve that painting from uh you know my whatever i forgot what that thing was called the that holding place mm-hmm. I, I, I but i don't know if that was really the case or he just knew the past knew it well, from the future the holding was like, place was that the uh the airport yes area mm-hmm. right with all the mm-hmm. locked doors and stuff so i guess we can we can get into that so what did you Oof. think about that fight scene now having seen it again nuts dude nuts i was like so, Does it make more sense now, like how they 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 get through all those little safety doors or whatever the locked doors, and mm-hmm. you know that's tense because they're running out of air. They're trying to hold their breath, otherwise they're going to suffocate. Mm-hmm. Finally, make it to that final door, and then they see the two split chambers, and one's red, one's blue, right? And they're like, "All right, what the hell is this? You going through one? I go through the other." And then there's the bullet holes in the the glass already. Yeah, 
and immediately it goes right into a fight scene because they're they all they see is the, these weird this like weird metal door and then that shit just opens up on both sides and then guys run out and start attacking them right it's not nuts dude now that you're now that you're like going through it with all that detail it reminded me since it's in since he's inverted when he went through that door because it's the same person and they said uh-huh. that too right? they're like oh, but, oh did, did you see you said two people came out uh, it's, it's just one person then and they were like oh shit okay <laughs> boom blows my mind because now that i think of it the whole thing was done backwards right so he comes through he slips underneath that door uh-huh and, and immediately comes, starts fighting himself. And immediately starts fighting himself. Immediately they're just at it. And he goes through all of that just to get back into the room. He's been trying to shoot his own his own damn self, which confused me to shit. I'm just like, <laughs> why is he trying to kill his fucking self? Like, just get rid of the gun, dismantle it, whatever. I don't know what you got to do, but but yeah. why would you be trying to shoot yourself? That confused the shit out of me. So I don't know. I, I don't know why that happened. I'm not going to say that that wasn't without purpose, but I don't, I, at least I can say, I don't know why that happened for sure. Mm. But all of that, just for him to basically make it back into that chamber. So he's inverted, his inverted self is trying to make it back into the chamber so that he can re so that he can uninvert himself and then run away. And Robert Pattinson pulls the mask off. Sees yep. him. He sees that him was, and then lets him go, lets him go. Right. And I thought when he did that, the implication, when you saw when I saw the scene, when I first saw it, at least at my buddy's place, I thought, Oh, he ripped off the mask, so the guy like suffocated. I get it, but by that point, actually, that gas had stopped producing anyway. And besides, mm-hmm. he he didn't push him into one of the rooms with all of the. No, uh, it, it was part. just a hallway. It was just a hallway still. So it was funny because I jumped to that conclusion without without oh. I, I, without just kind of. So you thought he just rips it off, and that was like fatality right there. Fatality. Yeah, exactly. Brutality. I thought that's what it was, um, but it just kind of left it up in the air. So I'd made I I. It's so funny how they fuck with you that way. You know, filmmakers. They'll yeah. have you fill in the blank that the implication is that the dub when really they never said that they never showed that right so that right. was interesting it was a little lesson to myself to go mm, go ahead and live with the uncertainty for a little bit and just mm-hmm. see what happens um instead i immediately was like oh he dies that guy died because he slept him alone why else would he leave him alone right <laughs> do, do you feel like you away. you find yourself trying to uh predict things ahead of time as they're before they happen so you're like i already know where this is going you know less and less i used to think that you, you, you it, things you see patterns, you know, movies follow a certain pattern because stories always follow a certain pattern. Yeah, and, uh, they say uh, I don't know if you've read Robert McKee's story, which I, I highly recommend if you haven't. And anybody who ends up listening to this, I highly recommend. I read it when I was 18. I was really into movies. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, we're talking. Um, <laughs> that's why I went to video production school. But but I read it when I was 18 and I was in high school. I was just digging, digging it. And one of the things he says in the movie yeah, that I've always taken to heart. He says a lot of things, but one of the things he says is the in order for the um, the worst thing has to happen in any movie. The the thing that you're that is never supposed to happen, the thing you do not want to have happen in a movie has that to has happen. to happen. Why is that? Has to happen. It has to for it to be that much more interesting in the movie and impactful. Because, because here's the thing: the movie is only as interesting as the antagonist is. Hmm. Think of think of uh, the Joker. Speaking of another Christopher Nolan film. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Think of the Joker in the Dark Knight. He makes. He makes him, he makes Batman that much better, both as an actor, you know, Christian Bale in the scenes. Mm. He makes him better uh, because of his impact, but also because he is so cunning, because he's so fucking brilliant, always seems to be a step ahead. It forces him to rise above the challenge. It forces Batman to have to rise above it to beat him. You know, actually not. And it's so interesting. It's a concept even in life. Art imitates life in that sense, Mm -hmm. right? It's such an interesting idea, but it's, it just, this just came to me the same kind of the same idea 
the protagonist is only as good as the antagonist. So you have to have a really killer antagonist, somebody that just seems insurmountable, somebody so good. Like for me, I liked this, the newer Star Trek series. And when Khan came in, it was just like, how, how do you beat somebody who's the best ever? Um, hmm. So that's great. But, but even today I was watching this documentary called uh, McCartney three, two, one, and it's Paul McCartney kind of breaking down some of the Beatles songs, which is just, it's so, it's so endearing and so awesome just to have Hmm. him giving, breaking this shit down. But there's a point where he, he talks about beach boys. He talks about, Oh, they're like, Oh, well, how did you get into, you know, what kind of influenced some of your, your harmonies? You guys were killing it. And he was explaining, you know, George Martin, their producer was, was amazing at just finding these brilliant harmonies. And he's like, you know, we did this, we we did basically, we just listened to him whenever there was something, you know, he told us to do for harmonies and whatnot. So, he says, but another big influence would definitely have been um, the Beach Boys and their harmony uh, or their harmonies. Brian Wilson was just a genius. And he said, uh, it, Pet Sounds is, is his favorite. And uh, one of his favorites, not, not, not his favorite, but he's like, mm-hmm. Pet Sounds is still a big one for me, I think is actually what he says. It's still, very, is a, it's still a big one for me. I love that nice. album. He said, but when that album came out and we heard it, he said, it's like nothing we'd ever heard before. It was absolutely just amazing, amazing sound that no one, no one was doing at the time. Um, so it was cutting mm-hmm. edge. And he said, he said, we heard it. And, you know, I think he even says, John and I, we looked at each other and we were like, all right, we got to We got to We got to be, we got to beat this. That's what he says. We got to beat this. <laughs> and when he said that, I laughed and I said, what would the Beatles be without the Beach Boys? What was Damn. Oh, that's weird. Because because if you think of it, number so one, so they had they had to up the ante. You got it. You got it. That's exactly what I'm getting at right now. Which is the mm. whole the antagonist has to be that much better. The worst thing that can possibly happen in the movie has to happen. The gauntlet. You know the the if you think about the uh, the whole Infinity War and mm-hmm. uh, and the End Game, what happens? <laughs> he gets it. They've been fighting all the entire, the first Infinity War, they're, I mean, the port, in Infinity War, they're fighting mm-hmm. to keep uh, Thanos from getting... From the, getting the, the Infinity Stones, right? The Infinity Stones and, and, mm-hmm. and getting them all kind of collected and into the gauntlet. And yeah, yeah. Just, psh, snapping his fingers. Psh. You know what I thought was interesting, too, was even his death was happens early, right, in Endgame, or was it, yeah, in Endgame, and then... It's it's kind of anticlimactic because they were working all this time to to kill him and they finally do and they're like, well, that didn't fucking solve anything. Everyone's still dead, you know. Mm, right, that, that was kind of interesting how they did that. How they they just kill him off so easily because after he he accomplishes what he wanted to, um, he doesn't he stops putting up a fight. He's just like, well, now I just get to live my life how I wanted. Mm. And then so they they come to his his house or whatever on on that planet and take him out you only have a moment of satisfaction and then the realization kicks in that you're like well that didn't stop anything you know everything already happened Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's kind of bittersweet yeah i still don't know how i feel about the whole (laughs) the whole series not to be a like a comic book snob but i did start reading infinity war and it's it's more it's it's different it's just different no one died Mm. in the in the comic book at least they they Mm. get put on a planet and a character that no one's brought up really except that woman uh cat barton boom bringing it right back um (laughs) is adam uh the character of adam which is adam warlock adam warlock yeah which they they hinted in guardians too right the sovereign her her gold people had a chamber yep. and implying that Adam Warlock was in there. 
He's gonna come out and they're he's gonna wreck some. He's gonna fuck your shit up. But when is Guardians Three supposed to come out? You know, I'm I'm ready for it. Right. When's that happening? But also, um, Adam Warlock is a vital, integral character in the Infinity War. Mm, he and he totally one, missed it. He's the right. That's exactly it. He's not Aww. anywhere in the whole series, and he's the one who, when they all get when the snap of the fingers and mm-hmm. thinks they died, they're actually on this other this rant this planet. I don't know if you've ever watched Dragon Ball Z, but it's like this planet where people kind of kind of die, but can come back or whatever. It's, it's like, like the Phantom Zone. All right. It's like <laughs> the Phantom Zone. You're in this planet and all the people, all the population, whatever, everybody that, that died or thought was thought dead went to this planet. And Adam Warlock mm. leads the charge and, and helps everybody to get off this planet and, and, and get back to okay back to where they all belong. But um, anyway, uh it, it, but but the worst thing that has to happen has to the worst thing that can happen has to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know the, the the thing that no one need the, you don't want to have retrieved. Okay, so think of a uh, think of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. They they get the ark right, um, and they open it. They're doing this whole like whatever chant or whatever they think. Yeah, some sort and, of satanic chant thing. Right, but then but then he tells her look away so they 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 survive because he looked they looked away but the worst thing that ha- that can happen the point being the worst thing that can happen has to happen they have to huh. lose the ark the whole time the entire movie yeah. they're trying to prevent them from getting they're trying to be the ones that get the ark and and keep it away from the nazis because the ark ends up taking the bad guys out in the end right and and that's the irony right yeah exactly the very thing that they wanted became their very undoing which is kind of mm-hmm. brilliant uh you know so go, going along with Spielberg. that how the protagonists are only as as good as as the antagonist mm-hmm. how'd you feel about sator as a, a character in this movie i felt he was uh yeah i i i, I, I felt like I, his, his acting was on point like he was I, you know he was a very imposing figure for sure intense you know and he he just he just seems like such a likable person i've seen him in other roles before so to see him in this role where he's just so stern you and, know and, where i i've fucking seen this guy before Where? he was in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets as oh. Gilderoy Lockhart, okay. and if you've ever seen that movie, he is not intimidating at all. He's supposed uh-huh. to be like this pretty boy, like kind of like actor guy, like really um, self obsessed. Oh. And yeah, he and he's kind of a pansy too, and it's just so weird because it's just night and day. Oh, interesting. And he, he's like clean cut and everything, and he kind of has like the uh, Jamie Lannister like feathered hair shit going on in the movie. Jamie, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, um, Kenneth Branagh, he's quite an accomplished. I mean, he's, he, I think he has been knighted. So, Sir Kenneth Branagh, um, where I've seen him before, and I've, I've only, I've never fully, I've never seen the entire movie. I've only seen this one particular scene. But uh-huh. he's, he plays and directed in. Uh, he plays the, the the main character, and he directs Henry V. Okay, nice. Henry, Henry V. He plays the king. Um, in I think uh, I don't know. It might have been during the time of the Hundred Years' War. But um, and, and the role is completely different than his role in this movie. Yeah, he's a true. Like, he's a true like G. He's a true. He, like he's a king who would like enter the field of battle. He he fought with alongside okay. his men. He's a hard ass. And so gotcha. after they win their 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 fight their battle, he tells them he tells the men to strike up the uh, uh, what does he say? Strike up the. Uh, he tells them basically to sing a particular chant. And, okay. uh, yeah, and it's, it's an awesome chant. It's like, no nobis. Strike up, tell, grab them in, tell them to strike up the no nobis, which is, it's just like sick. He's like, and he's like, he's like, he's a king and he's like carrying, 
a me- one of his men like on his shoulder. Damn. I yeah, thought you were just like shoulder. flexing right now. You're just like <sighs> I'm all, you're like, yeah, yeah you're just oh, like in Transformers. You're just dude. like, yeah, you know, oh, have this like crystal ball here and oh, one there too. <laughs> oh shit, and this ball over here and shit. Um no, he like he just like hoists that dude up on his shoulder and he's they're walking through Damn. and it's muddy and it's bloody and there's bodies everywhere and shit, but they're okay. singing this beautiful chant and I just thought huh. Man, that guy is a hard ass. That guy is so cool. Yeah, that so, must have so, been him in his prime. Like he, because uh-huh. he's he's already kind of old in this movie. He is. Know? He is. Yeah. That this movie was done in like I want to say the the early eighties, late eighties, maybe. Okay. Yeah. But but um. So, so he was a, he was a, a physical specimen back then. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was he was total G. And okay. then, so to see see him as a hard ass, but as an antagonist instead, I'm yeah. like, damn, this guy is just killing it. He just seems so intense and like. That whole scene where they're on the boat and and Cat uh, is like she's scared. She's scared mm. because she tried to kill him. So she's in yeah. her room and then she tries to sit down and then he's like he puts his cufflinks in his in some of the belt holes. Oh, he's, he's like, like getting like, ready to whoop some ass, right? Whip the shit out of her, right? Some <laughs> terrible shit. And we're just like, I'm like, I don't want to see this. Happen. And that was with <laughs> the protagonist like two rooms down because they're just on this boat, right? Just, so just that, a small yacht. And that is an important point to make because quick thinking on her part, she says. This I'll scream. Your, I'll scream. That's exactly it. She's I'll scream. And he's like, who cares? She's like, well, I'll scream. And he, the protagonist, is going to come in here and and try to save me. And mm. if you kill him, or you know, then the deal is off. Mm. If, if you harm me in any way, this deal that you guys have just worked out is so brilliant that it's going to really help you out in a big way. Right, right. It's going to be off. He's like seething with rage. You can just see him just like gritting his teeth and like that's true. He's just like gripping the belt. I think that was the first time that he wasn't able to do what he wanted to do. Right. When he wanted to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Got him. Exactly. How many times? And that's my. And that's the. That's another thing, by the way. Just thinking aloud. She got him. Right. She. How many times had she lost already? How many oh, times had she been beaten? Countless. Physically. You know? Beaten down, yeah, beaten physically, down. mentally. All of it, dude. And so for her to have this win, like of all times, like she thought she knew him well enough to know this is gonna mm-hmm. this is gonna fucking cut him deep. Mm-hmm. Like I need to say this and it's gonna save my life. But she again, just failure after failure after failure for this one moment for her to save her own ass. And oh, yeah. have the fucking the joy of being the one to fucking off him too. That's... Maybe in some ways that was that was almost the turning point, right? Like that that started yep. the events of like her yep. being able to actually uh make a difference in her future and her destiny of sorts change. You know, it's altering. She's like, okay, you know, I, I met this guy, uh protagonist and I think like he might be able to help me get rid of this guy dude sometimes it's what it is bro and that and that's isn't that interesting it's oftentimes a, a person it can be a person who just brings these uh a breath of fresh air here she had been hmm. here she had she, she thought had she was accepted. defeated she was defeated know? she accepted her fate as just this she's 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 like living in you know, she's a shadow of her former self. She's not even really, yeah. she's barely alive. She's alive only. And she had even asked, can I just, I think she said, can I, can I leave? Like if I leave, I'm willing. Never Why won't to you see just let me again. go? Yeah. And I'm that's right. You know, he says again. that powerful line too. Cause he was just like, if I can't have you, then no one else can. Right. Right. If I can't have you, no one else can. What a bastard. But right. So when, so mm-hmm. again, powerful, like you said, powerful line from a powerful guy, that oh, yeah. antagonist was ridiculous. And so I was reeling. I mean, I was just like, what do we do? Like there's that whole scene when he shoots her through the hip and, um, mm-hmm. 
and they're trying to to save her life and he's going back in the past to go retrieve one of those nine one of the final nine uh yeah because i think he had all the pieces already and he just needed the final one which they had it was like that block looking thing yeah i forget what they called it but it yeah, looked it like was... a catalytic converter when everything was <laughs> constructed right? oh right that's what that fucking thing was he's that's like right. he's like i just wanted the sick like straight pipe <laughs> straight to pipe on, dog to I put on my truck uh, the scepter yeah yeah you're right when it's all paired together the the uh what was it they called the algorithm the algorithm so, yeah yeah so he was just trying to get that and it's just like you're watching it all slip through his fingers it was kind of like the scene in batman where you know the, the building blows up and uh hmm. uh the love love interest is is um, obliterated not my love interest though because where's katie Holmes at where's katie Holmes at that wasn't katie Holmes. where's katie at where's katie at that girl she hot so you you weren't you weren't upset about that. You're just like, oh no, she can go. I was like, eh, I'm not. She needs to go so Katie can come back. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I was saying. I was like, no, not my. Well, not my guy. So what do you think of that? That uh, I guess it was it was kind of you. So you see this car chase scene from two different angles, though, like two different perspectives, because there is like the going forward, but right. then at the end, um, yeah. cat He's gets shot, back. and then they have to drive back right. inverted. And that's when he flips the car, dude. And so that was that was kind of weird, like seeing it from two different points of view, because I don't know if you noticed, but when they get in the car, the side mirror is smashed. And then once they're driving, it comes back. What? No, <laughs> yeah. I did not notice that shit. What the hell? I don't think Next anyone level. anyone mentions it when they're before they they invert. They're just driving in the car and like there's no side mirror on the, the protagonist side because uh-huh. uh, he's in the passenger seat. And then um, I think at some point they like either smash into another car or uh, or maybe some, something gets like tossed at him or, or whatever. And it knocks off the mirror. And so that basically like puts the mirror back. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't remember seeing that. I, I was so confused by the whole that whole scene because, you know, he pulls up. He pulls up in that shitty little whatever sedan it was. And mm-hmm. like that's he pulls up just in time for them to bounce the bounce that little package that, off to yeah him you know that too i was like that seems a little convenient well, there's no my, freaking way that you're just gonna like frisbee it out the window and then it's gonna bounce off a hood and perfectly land in the car across the way doink yeah i i don't know I don't while know. they're driving right i'm i mean and and the thing is i it's a movie so i'm willing to suspend disbelief so much like, plus I'm the like, scene okay, only fine. lasts what two seconds so really you don't brief. you don't really have enough time to think about it and i'm kind of like well the cars are going that car is technically going backwards and so it's kind of like a windbreak so the, mm. what you would think i would i would normally have thought oh the wind would take that thing away instead it you know the windshield because they're driving backwards going you know like this the it, it bounce it's, it's skipping over is preventing the wind that's coming this way from from really oh, pushing true. it too far away and and out of their ability to catch it so yeah. either way when i saw that scene it was confusing as fuck and i was like i mean as I'm, confusing as when the car explodes and then it freezes i still didn't fully understand that thank you for bringing that one up yeah they're like it, it reverse entropy i think is what they said right reverse entropy but You're the and first so i'm like I, first off i don't even really understand what entropy is but i'm like okay i'll go with it uh, entropy is a term that i i picked up in in college that i still i still struggle to fully grasp i guess but what i remember from from it was things like like it's if you're, if you're talking about like heat then when you apply heat things are going to, um, I, I don't know, it's like the movement of, from one state to another, essentially. Okay. Entropy. And so for them, 
in that scene again I'm, I'm not pretending to know what the word means entirely but i just know it's that state of, of change gotcha um, so that was reverse entropy instead of the explosion creating more heat more heat you got it it, it just yeah it, it it pretty much just freezes instantaneously right it, it like it's it went backwards so the as as intense as that heat was instead it, it became more uh, equally as cold which and so it was like, may have saved him honestly because oh, he would have he would have <laughs> died for sure had it exploded yeah but i, I think he his body was able to keep him warm enough for them to to heat him back up right because they, they said, said he almost he almost died from hypothermia right exactly you're the first you're the first human being who's ever almost died from hypothermia from, <laughs> from an explosion, <laughs> an explosion. <laughs> from a car exploding <laughs> they're like you know we've never fucking tried exploding shit while inverted that shit was fucking cool <laughs> dude what that's cool... gonna be a dope science experiment later on right what a cool what a cool idea for christopher nolan to kind of throw in there too it wasn't just like yeah a, i don't even say with it was thrown in there it was just an interesting point because it played with your thinking like oh fuck he's gonna die right now like we're yeah. gonna watch him explode how are they gonna bring him back my mind was reeling i was just like what do they do how do they get him back and then all of a sudden it's just oh he had hypothermia because it, it, of course we're he's inverted still so something's got to happen yeah there's, con there's continuity in that the very fact that he they they know he's inverted so what would happen if somebody's inverted and an explosion happens well let's conjecture well it's going to be an, in an inversion of that of an explosion right. oh instead of heat it'll be cold so it'll go the reverse well cool. then i mean that that eventually led to the the climax of the movie which was pretty fucking sick if you ask me like when they're oh, so they're you know they're shit. briefing and they're going yeah. like we got we got team red and team blue one team's inverted the other team's not yeah and so essentially the blue team is already like they already know what, what happened and so they're coming back in time and like they're like setting up events so that way the red team or whatever can go in the the regular uh team can go in and do what they need to do right infiltrate and movement. get to the target the oh yeah movement. was it the temporal pincer or something like the that temporal pincer dude fucking shit what a who, the, who comes up with this shit right 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 mm -hmm. he did remember that's what he says <laughs> who's running the pin he's all, it's a pincer maneuver and he's like who's 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 pincer maneuver and he goes yours <laughs> as he gets on the helicopter. oh yeah i, was like, I keep forgetting Every, everything is the protagonist right everything <laughs> right everything like even when he's like in the car trying to save cat cat barton's you, life and you killed, know he kills her kills it what what kind of uh i what i just noticed is that the commander guy mm. let me see if i let me see if i'm, I'm right but it, if, I, if i remember correctly the he the guy that was briefing ass. that guy looked hella familiar he he reminded me of like tom hardy in a way like with his beard but i was like that's not tom hardy it was aaron taylor johnson and do you know who that is no he looks like the guy from uh, from kick-ass but that's the guy from kick-ass it is the guy from Kick Ass. I was like, "What he the has, fuck like, is he doing in this yeah, movie?" Yeah, no, he looked he looked exactly like him to me. I was like, "What?" And he killed it in that role, dude. He fucking even though he only has a brief uh, few minutes, you know, like he he does a him. damn good job, dude. He does, he does. He, he he's he's such a charismatic person, even in the in that scene where you know they you first meet him when um um that like I was explaining before how there's that the guy shoots uh, the bad guy shoots the girl the woman through the hip, yeah. Um, they all of a sudden come storming in and that's when that's when it really blows the protagonist's mind he's like who the hell are you like who the hell are you neil how how, how much do you know you seem to know more than i do about this whole thing which technically he did i mean he he's been him. through he's probably gone gone through so many times honestly that he's oh, he's yeah. seen every 
he he probably knows the battlefield like the back of his hand. He knows where the explosions are and everything, and he That's knows what to avoid. To your point, like you said, well, the, the the he knows where all the explosions are. He's been through so many times. Um, but what but what battle what battlefield are we talking about? That's my question. Because because mm-hmm. technically, if we're talking about this whole thing being a temporal pincer movement mm-hmm. movement, then time itself temporal time is itself the battlefield isn't that crazy dude mm. time itself is the battlefield therefore yeah. from the very first scene of the movie when neil goes and saves his ass in the mm. opera house all the way to the very end when he when he gets his head blown off for him to have the gate be unlocked so that yeah. the, the whole world doesn't stop existing is a pincer movement it's the battlefield. The whole thing is so for you to say that Neil saw the battlefield. Yeah, he saw physically mm-hmm. that battlefield, but he's also seen the rest of, of time. the entire time of the battlefield from, oh, from yeah. the moment that he meets the protagonist to the time when he goes back in the past to do what he has to do. But, Especially because um, he, he knows the fate of so many people and he's just like, yeah, that, that dude's not going to live long. It's such a uh, such a powerful position to be in because you have control of so many destinies. So many oh, people's yeah. futures going back in time. And the thing is, is like, you can't really tell them what's going to happen. Some mm-hmm. of them, Cause remember he told them like, why didn't you tell me that, that it was me that I was trying butterfly to butterfly effect. Right. It, it will right. change that. The outcome who knows. And he, you might not have survived it. In other words, like if I told yep. you and you knew it was yourself, you might've done something different and might not have made it out alive. So yeah. I, there's no sense in telling it you. might have freaked you out and you would have just quit, you know? And, right. And then there would have been no tenant. Um, so you got to assume that it, that doing nothing meant that they got back to where they were. When they when they did the pincer movement on in that uh, in that compound, I don't, I don't even really know what to call it. It's it's kind of like a giant fortress or something. Right. <laughs> um, so there was a part when I don't know if it was the protagonist, but someone was running and he he's like running over this piece of rubble and then it reverses. So it like lifts up and it like flips them because it's like landing back into the building uh, to like solidify yeah. with the wall. Yeah, was, something knocked it from like the other end and like fell down, and so he was like trying to like jump off of it, and it like reversed, and so he like flipped off of it. He's like, "Oh, what the hell?" Oh, see, I forgot about that part. Yeah, I just remember there was a point where I think Neil is trying to protect somebody. He's like, "Get away from the wall! Get away from the wall!" And the person's like coming back, but just as they're like jumping through it, the piece reappears and like flips <laughs> oh, yeah. back into the and it seals the wall. Like, Fuck yeah, exactly. So that person gets also, literally sealed into the wall. Also, the <laughs> the part when they like they it, the building gets put back together, what? and then they blow it back yes! up. <laughs> yes, God, I was because they blew away. the top off of it or something, and so it, like it came back together, and then they blew off the bottom part, and it yes! like fell down. Brilliant. It was it was awesome, what awesome hell, visual dude? for sure. Thank you. Oh man, yeah, and 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 yeah, I don't know. We didn't really touch too much on. I mean, we could probably spend hours and hours and hours talking about this entire this whole movie because it's it's well worth diving into there's so much to to, to sink your teeth into but that oh, yeah. fight scene talking about i mean i was so appreciative of that specific scene where the the, the building explodes and then reappears and then explodes in a different way uh, mm. but also that fight scene was was fucking amazing and to know that it was the same person even though of course they're wearing you know masks and all that shit and, and so of course you assume that is a stunt person in the end the fact that it was him fighting himself and doing everything like backwards and mm-hmm. like hats off to hats off to the og version of the protagonist who is having to anticipate things coming backwards in oh, yeah. this fight um because i think you know the inverse version of him knew what was coming 
You know what I mean? He had, he had mm-hmm. anticipated that. It's just kind of wild. Oh yeah. And so, and so for him to, to go, Oh shit, this one's coming, this is coming at me like forward. And I remember we were talking about just the, the complexity of trying to choreograph move forward movements and backward movements mixed in together. So that way yeah. when you reversed it, someone was moving forward and the other one was moving backwards at some yeah. point. Yeah, it was definitely, um, it was definitely, you could tell Christopher Nolan had a soft spot for that, that scene. Mm-hmm. If for no other reason than how much fucking time, how, how brilliant it was to have thought that thing through. It was like, we're not going to just see this scene once. You're going to see it again. Mm-hmm. And, it, and as exciting as it was to you then, you're going to appreciate it even more watching it from this perspective now. For oh, different yeah. reasons, for different reasons, because you'll know it's him fighting himself. Whereas the first time you're just like, oh shit, that's so badass. He's fighting him backwards. Yeah. Um, now it's like, oh, he's still fighting him backwards, but he's fighting himself. What the Damn, fuck? An extra layer on top of that. Bro, that's what made it so funny that he could he could reintroduce an old great. scene in the same fucking movie and make it as exciting, even though you know the outcome. Mm-hmm. You're, but you, you know the outcome, and yet you're like, but what didn't I see before? The outcome uh, is different because it's like now he's he's trying to get past himself to get to uh, the chamber to uh, reverse the in- inversion, right? Right, right, yeah. Dude. Yeah, it was, it was so complex. But yeah, I mean, that, that storyline with Neil, I think, honestly, Neil's characters might have been the best part of the movie. I thought it was his character was the most interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you just, uh, and he was he was so yes. vital to it because he was he was kind of a pivotal role in all the major events in some way. Like he's influenced it somehow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he dude, him going through. Oh, man, his everything he did was was so important. It was so important. It was like, and yet he, he, he kind of, he held that pressure really well. Like the, he, he carried the weight, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he did. really he well. Did. Like it was almost like he was, he was born to, to be able to fulfill this, this role, this important yeah. role in, in history. Yeah. How interesting that now we're getting into other interesting concepts. Uh, I don't know if you've read the alchemist before, but that sounds a lot like one of the, one of the key ideas in, in the alchemist. Um, having mm. having a per- this purpose that you're striving for and then being prepared for it like you're basically it's the it's the journey that prepares you for the goal that you're trying to achieve and right. what's more important is the journey and i would i would say that that every bit of that journey is 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 delightful with him in it and, yeah. and i think i think of particularly just the charming scenes that he did like the, the two lines for me that that did it for me that really well, there were three of course the last one i already mentioned before mm-hmm. which is the you know the end of a beautiful friendship and then, then we get into some stuff that's pretty funny but but the scene um where he's um he says you want us to fly a plane into the building and he's like oh no don't don't be so dramatic and then he's like no 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 we're gonna drive it in though we're gonna drive the plane and he goes well how big is the Uh plane he goes well that part's kind of dramatic (laughs) that part's kind of dramatic (laughs) yeah big ass boeing big ass boeing fucking jet um so that part was funny when he said oh that part's kind of dramatic um, I loved that. Don't be so dramatic at first, and then ah, that part's kind of dramatic. Yeah, exactly. And then the other other pieces when they're his characters actually, are just so likable, right? They are, dude. They are. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I won't even get into that. But um, about Robert Pattinson, because there's so much to appreciate about him. If anybody mm-hmm. hates on him because of the fact that he was in Twilight, Twilight. Like, get over yourselves. Because mm-hmm. um, think whatever you want to about about the Twilight series. Uh, Do you feel the, like the at this point he's kind of uh, he shed that like typecast role? Of like I mean, some sort of heartthrob. Yes, I think now the kind of work that he's getting is is well appreciated. I mean, he just is a, a phenomenal actor. I, I think he's a I think so. phenomenal actor, and Absolutely. he's he's done some pretty interesting stuff since Twilight. Yeah, you, were, you were telling me some of the stuff, but but um, 
before I forget, one of the other things that I was mentioning before that makes him such an endearing character in the movie is the part when they're then uh, they're both going through that that hangar and and with that guy who's giving him the tour. Uh, he says as 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 the protagonist is going like he's he's looking at his watch and then he goes and he's like just mm. breathing really you know just trying to get his his lungs his blood oxygenated for when they have to hold their he's breath. He's prepping himself. Yeah, he's prepping himself. So when he's doing that. He looks, he, he, Robert Pattinson sees the worry on that guy's face and he goes, yoga. <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that, really. No. no. Yeah, that was so fucking brilliant. He just looks at the guy because that, cause that guy was kind of point. suspicious, right? Like, yeah, he's, he's like, like what, what are you doing? Yeah, why is he acting like this now? All of a sudden, he's just like, yoga. Like, just yoga. Kind, of, kind of just kind of squinch, squ- scrunches his nose and goes, yoga. <laughs> interesting huh yeah it's just see he he has i, I feel like he just has these uh, subtle one-liners all throughout the movie bro absolutely he has some winning lines in my opinion he's kind of like uh he's got the charm of a val kilmer in tombstone who kind of oh. still steals the show in that sense i wouldn't say that he necessarily steals the show in this one it's almost mm-hmm. like i would compare their performances like uh, side by side i would prefer i would, I would compare all the performances in that movie tenet to something like very balanced harmonies very balanced um voices in a recording where instead of the melody aka the protagonist being heavy and then having like you know the the harmonies um not not come so much to the fore or Mm -hmm. vice versa having the harmonies come to the fore and you don't really hear enough of the melody um I feel like everything was so well balanced. I don't think anybody stepped on anybody's shoes. I never, I never felt that one particular actor outshined anybody. I felt like they all fucking shined in their mm-hmm. own way. And and um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, Robert Pattinson's character definitely just kind of like just, just kind of tugs at the heartstrings there. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I, yeah. I feel like it's just, I in general, I feel like the audience tends to gravitate more towards the the confident. Uh, charismatic and usually uh, humorous character yeah. in the movie, and that that was Robert Pence in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah, was the yeah. confident one, and uh, he was he was the one that would reassure the protagonist um, whenever he was kind of uh, confused or feeling doubtful. And then he, you know, to lighten the mood, he would he would have those little quips and one liners. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he just says it because he he you get a, you really do get a sense in that that part of the movie that yeah you know, there there's something that he's not telling us like he he knows more than he leads on yeah that's what it is and that's it's that sly wink of the eye it's like it's like just the way he smiles at him it's almost like looking at it now knowing how how the whole thing ends i have to i just gonna i'm probably after this uh you know sometime this week gonna have to rewatch the whole movie again and, and cry my eyes out <laughs> cry my heart out but um uh-huh. But just that, just how he looks at him, like a like a truly like loving friend, and then just like says, "No, you wouldn't." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I, I wanted water. No, you, no, you, no, you wouldn't. No, you and yet, yeah, you know, the protagonist doesn't really he doesn't really question that. He's not like, "What the fuck do you mean by that?" He, he doesn't. He's like, "You got." Me. I think he's, he's he's contemplating. He's like, he kind of enjoyed that line, but he didn't. He still is like has his guard up because he mm-hmm. he just met this guy to yeah. him, mm-hmm. but. He's like, man, I, f- I really feel like I, I, I've known this guy or I've met him before type of thing. I think that's part of what was going on in his head. He seems to be like bested. If nothing else, to me, it seems like he is he's not the type of person to just straight up lie. So mm. so when he's like, you know, 
yeah, out of, out of taking a water. It was really, it was like just to test him a little bit. And, and then when he says, no, you wouldn't, then he's, then he's like, all right, you, you did do your research. Like, there's no way I would in hell. I wouldn't now I do trust you. And that one, it's those one little, it's that extra little test that, that um, Neil passes that wins him over that truly mm. gets that's when he starts it, trusting him right right the devil's in the details and that's mm. one little detail that might be overlooked but it's one that's very important to the protagonist for him to trust somebody and so mm-hmm. for him to just go all in and say no you wouldn't then he goes i can trust this son of a bitch <laughs> i can trust this son of a bitch he knows well the i mean the final scene in the movie was uh where it goes back to cat right and she's picking up her son max from school mm-hmm. and uh she still looks suspicious though like she i almost feel like at that at this point she's so damaged that she probably is just going to be looking over her shoulder for the rest of her life you know like oh there, there must be some sort of uh, henchman out there that's that that's coming to finish the job but it ended up being uh that that uh lady the informant right priya mm-hmm. priya and she so what was her reasoning for for trying to take her out like she was she was gonna take her out because she knew too much by this point and it was gonna you got it. Alter a future. Mm-hmm. Tie up the loose ends. No one kill anybody who has any uh, knowledge of this thing that never happened. Potentially mm-hmm. happened to protect it. Yeah. To protect. Uh, yeah. Because to, to, I mean, you tie up all the loose ends, then you don't have anybody who could potentially get that information from. You know. Yeah. Could just that's have true. Because that yeah, they they could potentially just capture, torture anyone that might have the the hintest of uh, interest in what went on over there, and then right. she'll she'll spill the beans. At least from what she may not know all the little fine details, but at least she'll she'll know names, and so that'll give them some sort of lead. Right, and there are plenty of of I mean, there are governments involved in this whole thing that that basically they're the ones the governments are the the government is the one that hired him, right. essentially hired hired the protagonist to to take care of this job save the world essentially yeah i mean she the thing is you don't i don't look at her like a dirty character she's just doing what priya does because yeah. she is covering her ass and covering mm-hmm. the interests uh you know, of of those who i don't even i don't even know you know what i think it, i compare it to Varys from game of thrones how oh, he was I like my loyalty wasn't to the king or the people my loyalty to was to the realm so if sometimes that means i have to i have to play both sides sometimes that means i have to betray my king or whoever is whoever is uh in charge at the at that time in order to do what's right and i kind of felt like that was priya in a way like she was, you know, she was just playing both sides and um, usually it, it mostly aligned with the, the heroes. But, you know, if she had to do some dirty shit, too, she wasn't afraid to. Right. Because she knows in the end, that's what she's paid for. That's that's what she 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 has to do what she has to do. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like I, you can't really blame her. She's like a she's like a Lord Varys in that sense where you're just like, I, I don't dislike her. I just it, it's it's a shame that he had to kill her. Um, yeah. But he, he did have to kill her. She so so he had to kill her so that way she wouldn't kill Kat, right? Kat, right. And, and and therefore kind of end that whole that whole shebang. But it's like interesting. But what yeah. what was why did he need to keep her alive? You know, what was what was she to him? He just thought of her as like a, a friend now, a confidant. Yeah, I guess so. As a, I, I think he thought of it like a woman who lost so much, who sacrificed so much. I see it as him just like they're 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 friends, and 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 obviously there's like there's a definite sense of attraction to to the other. Um, not that he wouldn't mm. just kill somebody if he absolutely had to, whether he was attracted to her or not. It mm. was, I think, this understanding 
of the the woman who fucking saved the world and be like you know the woman who did save truly saved the world she killed the man who was trying to kill the world mm -hmm. um in, in a window of opportunity that was brief she was the one to, to pull the trigger so it's like how can you how can you possibly be the how could you possibly kill her mm -hmm. you know if you so did you did you uh, get a sense that uh there was something more to max than they initially led you on because I, when i watched it the first time i didn't believe max was more important than than just being like the son of cat did you have you heard this theory what no so oh so there's a there's a theory that max is believed to be the young child version of neil and the only evidence that backs this up is okay. that if you were to say let's say his name is maximilian uh and then you take the L-E-I-N or L-I-E-N at the end of Maximilian and, and invert it, it becomes um, Neil. And the movie is about inverting things. That's true. Huh. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. How, how does he meet him in the future? Where does he meet him in the future? How far in the future does the protagonist meet Neil for him to That's what I'm back? saying. Like, it's almost, that's all saying with um, how, how comfortable neil is around uh the protagonist it seems like they had known each other for a long time and that it was almost uh like he grew up with him and i wonder if that that he, that was actually the case the protagonist was always around as far back as he can really remember what the hell and then eventually the protagonist grooms him to join tenant to basically save father. him in in the past i guess that would be what the hell dude um, no, no, that's confusing because they are, he is British. I mean, they're in England when, oh, and there, he's blonde. I kind of want to know. Little blonde wanna, kid. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because it's easy to come, come up with conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. I, I read this book, um, or started to read this book. It's a tome. That shit is like so fucking, it's like, it's like practically a couple thousand pages. Um, oh, nice. Basically it's a book written by this a lawyer named Vincent Bugliosi. Um, he wrote this book, and it was all about the JFK assassination. And and why I'm bringing it up right now is because I said it's easy to come up with conspiracies, and and I learned that from him. Uh, he says he says this book is as thick as it is. This whole introduction was maybe like you know intro introductions are typically like you know five pages, ten pages. Dude, this introduction to this big ass book is like fifty pages, if I remember. Correctly. What? So that's the intro. That's the intro, bro. Man. And in this intro, what he eventually says is, "Hey, look, this is a big book. I'm not gonna even pretend it's not big, but it's not without purpose. And here's mm. why." He says, "Essentially, I'm gonna tell you the story of what really happened. That is only gonna take up a little bit. It doesn't take up much. It's the it's the obvious, actually." He mm. says, "Um, but <clears throat> but the rest of the book, I have to then." comment on all of the major conspiracies i have to debunk them and it takes more effort to debunk things to prove the, to, to basically to prove them wrong through research he says um so these people that come up with these random conjectures and saying oh it was the mob who wanted jfk dead or oh it was it was uh you know cuba they wanted him dead um fidel castro wanted him dead and all these other the cia wanted him dead and all this other stuff right he mm. then had to go through and explain why all these things are are wrong so i'm like oh so that's just it's just it's works because now you've told me this idea 
um sure that hey he's he's it's actually max's son now i'm like okay it's gonna take some research for me to just find out how true is that and um and, and also because the way the way neil is spelled typically i would think it would be like n-e-a-l but it's it's spelled n-e-i-l i'm used to seeing it that way like like uh neil um i guess it just depends on where the region it's from neil Mm-hmm. Like Sean, my brother Sean, his name, my mm-hmm. mom loves Sean Connery, so she spelled it the way Sean Connery did. It's S-E-A-N. It's yeah. like a, a Gaelic or Scottish or uh, pronunciation. I, don't, I hope I'm not butchering that, but um, for anybody who does listen to this. <laughs> really? It's, it's, so he's named after Sean Connery? He's named after my brother Sean. is named after Sean Connery because my mom loved Sean Connery. Interesting. Um, okay. So, yeah, we, we're a big Sean Connery family here. But but it's also spelled my I have my my pops has a friend named Sean but it's spelled S H A W N so oh, there's different, okay. there's different yeah it's kind of interesting I wonder what region I, don't, I have no idea but yeah. but that Neil I've also seen um, like Neil Diamond the singer spells his name mm-hmm. that way and I think um, Neil Young spells it N E I L as well mm-hmm. so I'm not sure but it it lends itself to that if in fact actually yeah. it is Maximilian. And they go backwards like that. Perhaps. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. And I'm sure there's different ways to spell Maximilian as well. That just makes the story that much more rich as well to me. If in fact mm-hmm. that is true, it just it keeps it all in the family. It's definitely so thought provoking. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Keeps it you is. scratching your head. In an already thought provoking movie, especially when we're talking about inverting time and the possibility of somebody, no matter what age, being able to go back into time from the future plus anything that that involves time travel and manipulating time it's always going to be hella complex and if it's possible then it you know it's possible Mm -hmm. so it could very well have been the case that that actually if you know like oh it's possible that he went back in time well who's to say maybe not and 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 who's to say (laughs) also if if that wasn't christopher nolan's intention that he wouldn't look at that and go that's fucking brilliant i'll take it yeah absolutely let's just say that then you know what i mean like yeah if you guys think that then that's cool too right right Never thought of that. No, nah, yeah, I don't possible. think you can you can get one past Christopher Nolan. He's probably no, thought honestly, of every angle. I don't think so either. Yeah, I I don't think so. Especially not with his brother too, Jonathan. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's he's always involved in his movies, right? Yeah, Jonathan is. He's the uh, he, he like writes it with him. Yep, co-writer. Yeah, typically. Um, nice. I don't know how much of this one he wrote, but a co-wrote, but but I will say that from the beginning, I remember there's a movie called The Following. I don't know if you've seen it. It's mm-hmm. not the greatest film, but it, and I think it's actually rather short. I think it's only ninety minutes. But um, I watched it in my cinematography class when I was okay. in college, and it's Christopher Nolan's f- first film. Even that movie, very first, okay. Credit, credit, co-credits his brother as writing it with him. I think, yeah, the two oh, of them were doing gotcha. that shit. So, so in you know, Inception, his Just brother the Jonathan, in it. yeah, yeah, Memento, his brother's in it. All, all right. of them, they, they work together, and it's brilliant because it's like two minds are better than one. I guess you can say, you know, just, mm-hmm. just yeah, you come up with different conclusions, you throw out some ideas, and somebody else gives you something that much better. In this movie, what if Christopher wrote it all the way through? Jonathan read it and then wrote the inverted version <laughs> and linked it all together. Yes. That's crazy. That would be nuts and be like, yep, this is what we're doing. Here we I go. Like I like it. You got you, oh, yeah. you know me. You know me, my guy. <laughs> well, I mean, that was Tenet, so. Dude, Tenet. what would you give it? Two thumbs up? Dude, I'd give it two thumbs up for sure. Like that's that's going in my stack of like, I I don't know how much more I appreciate it than his other films. I would say that it's uh, it's up there with Inception for sure. Perhaps even surpasses Inception, which is just hard to do just because of the brilliance of the whole the time concept. I, I love. Was, was that your your top uh, Nolan film up until yeah. this one? Yeah, I would say absolutely. It's mm. just so 
multifaceted well yeah i still I, it's, I still would say that because although i loved interstellar and that one's a tearjerker in many ways there's just something about inception that that just grabbed me the whole idea and 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 uh all the performances of all the actors joseph gordon levitt was just amazing loved him in that movie and and of course tom hardy it was like my first time seeing him in anything and he just like you mustn't be afraid to dream bigger darling <laughs> Pull up <the> fucking <laughs> rocket launcher song oh yeah, yeah so sick so so yeah still for me inception is is, is dope plus plus uh sylvan murphy was in there so i'm like man you got you got uh, tom hardy and sylvan murphy let's what the go hell, dude what the hell man that's crazy too because they ended up in peaky blinders together which i haven't seen oh, all the do yeah yeah tom Damn. hardy ends up in peaky blinders as well but yeah Cillian murphy i've liked since i first saw him in red eye which was a really that cool was movie. their first so yeah, i think McAdams the and... first time i had ever seen him in anything was 20 days later and i must say i i think i just appreciated him and everything after that Wow, I don't really remember 28 Days Later. I, I actually saw 28 Days Later in theaters, but I just, uh, I don't know why. I, for, it just kind of went out of my mind. But um, <laughs> Cillian Murphy, yeah, dude, that guy is uh, aces in my books. Or in nice. my book. <laughs> Heck yeah. And Inception, what about you? What was your, what's your favorite? Out of, out of him? Um, <laughs> you know, I think I might, I still might say Interstellar, mm. but um, I think it definitely benefited me to revisit tenant because initially when I watched tenant, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I was, I was just thinking I didn't get a lot of it and it seemed way too convoluted, but it's definitely something you have to watch multiple times for sure. And I, mm-hmm. I actually feel like that that might be a theme for a lot of his movies. You just have to rewatch it multiple times because you don't get everything initially the first time yeah you know that's a that's it's, it's quite humbling to admit that right I, I that uh that the work itself is greater than you it's it's, it's it, to think that that you understand something the first time you read it out of a book or the mm-hmm. first time you see it when it's a movie is is not to give enough credit to the person who who wrote the thing you know some people might hate on the movie for instance uh, citizen kane which maybe sometime we'll we can dive into mm-hmm. uh because i think it's a phenomenal movie it really is um it, when, when people jump to those kinds of conclusions i question their reason for um judging a movie so harshly it, maybe sometimes it is just that it's kind of seems sort of convoluted like you were saying before yeah like it's just like it's just obtuse just to be obtuse like there's no reason for them to to add this level of complexity here they're just trying to make they're just trying to make themselves like pat themselves on the back like look how intelligent it I was am to, like talk over your head or something but it's the not. way i thought about it i'm like if people were confused with inception man they're going to be lost completely lost with tenant because it was it's convoluted but on a whole nother level oh and it's time. in real time because at least in inception they break it down so every single time they show a layer you know it's like you're only in this layer and then it's like now you're in this layer but in in tenet you have two different uh, realities happening at the same time and you're trying to make sense of it as you're watching it and it's <laughs> yeah yeah, Dude, it makes your head well hurt. Put, bro, well put. Fuck. Yeah, so absolutely. That's that's you're right. It's it's more well delineated when they're talking about in Inception. Oh, this is this is this time. Now you're in this layer. Now you're in this layer. Now you're in this layer. Like it's hard not to realize, oh, okay, well, this is where I'm at. Oh, and we're jumping out and this is the Indian guy who's got them all sedated. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you get and I it's a there's a clear distinction between where all the characters are and, and all yeah. that stuff. Um whereas yeah. because every time you go down, there's a one less character, right? Because one has to stay behind to wake the other uh, the wake the people up 
to like trigger them out of that state and so that's why every time they go deeper and deeper there's like less and less characters right right exactly uh whereas in tenant like you said it's all real time so Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure it out while it's happening what a it seems like a mess but it's not a mess it's like this beautiful that's what's so that's what's so great about it is when you can slow it down it'd be like watching a flurry of punches from from floyd mayweather jr like just the flurry of punches and going like oh he's just throwing wild punches but if you slow it down realizing no 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 he's picking them apart with this one and then that one because he knew that he was going to react so he reacted like this and he dropped his guard so he clipped him on the chin but then after he clipped him on the chin through another combination like you're like oh god there's brilliance here in Mm. flurry it feels like there's a flurry of activity going on in in tennis. It's, it's so fast time. you can't you can't uh, really comprehend what's happening. And you might get frustrated by it, think just being upset with yourself, going, "Oh man, I can't really, I I don't get it." And and then thinking, "Well, it's his fault that I don't get it," you know. But yeah. it's like, well, apply yourself. Like, a, 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 think for a moment that it's possible that you don't know everything, and mm-hmm. and question what it is that you thought you saw. I thought I saw Robert Pattinson pull his mask off, and dude died. That's what I thought I saw when in actuality, what I really did see was all that I really did see, which was a mask got removed. Dude got dude fall, fell down and then and, he got away and then he just he got away. You, you don't really see what away. happened. Yeah, right. You don't really see what happened. That's what you saw is literally what you saw. What, mm. what you don't understand what happened until you see later on in the movie that the thing. So it's like, oh, question, yeah. question what you think, you know, and, and this movie definitely mm. did that to me and it was quite humbling. Um, but just watching it through and especially with your insights about the about tenant and it being, you know, dealing with um, what's the word again? Uh, anyway, just basically dealing with with being able to say the word back and forth, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, God, like, OK, wow. I don't know. It just it just added more to the experience for me. So I went yeah. at it thinking, oh, this is going to be a lot more complex. I'm, I'm not going to look at this like just because I don't understand it. I I <laughs> I'm I'm somehow like better than it. I'm I'm willing to be humbled by it and be like, you win, dude, you win. Exactly. Bow, <laughs> bow down to Nolan. <laughs> bow down to Nolan, dude is the be- probably one of the best storytellers. At least right now, for sure. Of our generation, yeah. for sure. So exciting. Yeah. And it's it's crazy that you know he didn't really get uh, like appreciated as as much as he should have until he started doing the Batman movies. Right. And then that's when that's when everyone's like, you know, we should we should look after this guy. Right. He has some and, pretty brilliant ideas. Right. Exactly. And, you know, he did. I still haven't seen Dunkirk. I need to because I hear good things. I, You know, I watched it and I have a, I have a couple complaints with it because oh, that one also has Cillian Murphy and Tom Hardy. Oh, both great actors. Right. And right. I feel like both really have no no parts in the movie. Oh, uh, their parts are pretty pretty minimal mm-hmm. and especially Tom Hardy's because he's this fighter pilot guy and first off all the fighter pilots have the same gear on they got the mask and like the the little cap and the goggles and everything mm-hmm. there's nothing to distinguish them so it's it's switching back and forth between pilots and I'm like, I don't know who the fuck's who. We're, they're not even talking. They're just like <laughs> flying and it's doing like a, like a face shot, you know? That is frustrating. Okay. I, and I get you there. Yeah, yeah, it's... You can't tell who's I'm like, you, you have these two very charismatic characters and then you don't really have them do anything in the movie. And I thought that was kind of frustrating. That's interesting. Okay, that, that, that I could see if that's what your expectation is to see yeah. these guys. I, my expectation would be to see them too. So I'm not saying that I wouldn't have been bitter. But now that you've told me that, um, or not, I wouldn't say bitter, but, but, but have a complaint, have a little, little, uh, axe to grind there. Mm. I, I, w- I think I would have, if you hadn't said that. And now that you've said that now I'm like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to think to myself, what was Nolan thinking when he didn't really give them many scenes? I'm like, 
are they just so willing to be a part of an of a Nolan project that they're like, yeah, I'll just take the fighter. I'll just thing. be an yeah, extra. I don't, I don't. Yeah, basically, I feel like. Well, I mean, look at home homeboy that we were just talking about right now from Kickass. What was his name? Yeah. I forget that actor's name. But Aaron uh, Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson, which I have mad respect for him, by the way. I don't know if you've seen the movie Nocturnal Animals before. I haven't, but I wanted to. Rough stuff, dude. And really, Aaron Taylor. What's his name? Aaron Taylor Johnson. It is Johnson. Okay. Aaron yeah. Taylor, it just sounded so. It all just sounded so. Yeah. Anyway, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor. Yeah, he is the bad guy in the movie, and he uh-huh. kills it. He he he's so ruthless. He's he's terrible, and he's smiling kind of the whole time. And okay. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, we could talk. We could we could watch that one. I just gotta like have a stiff drink. <laughs> it's that bad, huh? Whoa, whoa. It's depressing. Boy. It is next level. And Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm just, you know, I've, I've always been like a fanboy of him. And of course, uh, Ryan Gosling, who's not in the film, but shout out to Ryan huh. Gosling because he's badass. Um, he just deserves to be mentioned just at all times. If I mentioned Jake Gyllenhaal and I'm like, that's like a man crush. Then I'm like, yeah, then also Ryan Gosling because those dudes are badass. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal does a phenomenal job in that movie, too. And I was just like, God, rip my guts out. This movie is it's one for the books, dude. It's, it's gut-wrenching, gut huh? Yes, and Aaron Taylor Johnson as a bad guy, like I was saying before. Antagonist Even better as a bad, bad guy, it seems like. Yeah, dude, he's he just kills it as a bad guy. I was floored. By the what way, the hell? Oh, you're going to be seeing a lot of him later because apparently he's making Craven the hunter, so he's going to be Craven in the movie. So, yeah, Craven's that buff, like, animalistic guy. In what movie? Well, he's he's getting his own movie. Oh, his own movie. Buff animalistic guy. Is he like, is this Marvel? Is this the MCU? Check out this buff guy, my guy. Buff guy, my guy. So this is Craven. He's, he's oh, typically sh- in like the Spider-Man universe. Okay. Craven but the I guess Hunter. he's, yeah, he's getting his own scene. Craven the Hunter. Sick. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Look at this guy. Kick ass to that. No, nah, dude, that guy, seriously, you, when you see, when you see Nocturnal Animals, you're going to just be, you're just going to be blown away. You will be, hmm. honestly. I, I I don't see how you won't be because he, he just, he is the guy. He is. He the makes the movie. He, he right. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. And it's like, you just hope that an actor on screen with somebody as, 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 as great as like a Jake Gyllenhaal, who's just, man, he can just convey so much emotion. So with such subtle facial expressions, you know? Yeah. And it never feels like it's forced. Nothing he does really feels forced. And then so to see the same caliber of acting from the antagonist, a.k.a. Aaron Taylor Johnson, right, you're just right. like, wow, what a treat. What a serious gut-wrenching <laughs> treat. And you just got to like take a <laughs> gut-wrenching really, treat. Yeah, you got to just take a wait. shower afterwards. Yeah, just, just you know, that's the drink is, is integral. That thing is like, you better have that shit handy. You know, an old-fashioned, a glass of scotch even. Just some something classy, but... It's gonna, it's gonna definitely take the edge off because you're gonna okay. need that. You're gonna gotcha. Need it. Just hey, all right. All right, gotta add that that one to the list then. Yeah, tossing that one up there. We've mentioned a shit ton. Citizen Kane, that one. Oh uh, yeah, the classics, right? Animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casablanca, I did mention before. Uh-huh. Um, which I know, uh, boss doesn't really have a liking for. Not but, a big fan. <laughs> but I, I, I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. I'm surprised he actually watched it. I thought he would have been like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, like he said his dad, who's well into his 80s, was like, oh, I looked at black and white movies, and they're not as good as what they make these days. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, 
yeah what are we what are we saying though like what are we comparing them to are you talking about the spectacle are you talking about the qual- i mean their use of uh, of lighting is 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 still i don't think mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think most filmmakers use lighting as well as a lot of the filmmakers in the oh yeah because you the, really had to think things. about that you know you did. since everything is black and white exactly you had to had to so um I, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna take one man in his 80s word for that because I have, I see your old man and I raise you, my old man, aka my grandpa, and his, he's turned, he just turned 88 this year. Cash me outside. Cash That's me what it outside, sounds like. bro. Cash me outside because my grandpa, my grandpa Pete, he's like, I'll, my grandpa can up. whoop your grandpa's ass. My grandpa can beat your dad's butt. <laughs> so no, my grandpa like I'll come over to this pad uh, on Sundays just to to visit with him and stuff, and he'll be having silent not silent films, but he'll have black and white films on. He'll have Turner Classic Movies on, so we'll be uh-huh. watching them, and they'll be like back to back to back, and we'll just chill. Oh yeah, and we'll, we'll chat and we'll watch and admire. And um, I, I grew up on black and white films. My mom's a big black and white film. Nice. She loves. Oh, so you have an affinity for it. Oh, dude, absolutely. So I'm kind of biased in that sense, but I'm also just open at the same time. I think yeah. that, that made me more open to, to hearing. So you're uh, not opposed things. to uh, the older movies by any means? Not at all. I think sometimes some of those stories were were great. Um, yeah, some, some just can't be beat. I mean, there's a reason why Citizen Kane is still number one for American Film Institute's greatest gotcha. films of all time. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. Um, Casablanca, I think, is still number two, which is also black and white, but I think... Something knocked another one off the third pedestal. I forget what was third because now it's Godfather. I'm pretty sure Godfather is third mm. now. Okay, damn, that's a crazy. Yeah, Godfather, dude. Yeah, that's Man, a classic too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, dude, we we've got more films to to dive into for sure. Oh, definitely. This is just one, and we'll get better, dude. I mean, I think, I oh, think yeah. it's just fun to comment on things, and you did that extra research, and that's just brilliant, dude. I, I think this is this has been a lot of fun. So we'll we'll dive in. We'll figure out maybe what other research we can we can each do separate of each other, and just kind of whatever interests we have. I don't know, like certain yeah. things are going to interest me more, and then just bringing whatever it is we're interested in and discussing. Yeah, that, you know, the interest is basic. I mean, uh, the the research is basically just to support um, us talking about it. You know, just off the cuff because i feel like that's mm-hmm. that's when you get more sense of our our personality and and our our uh, interests and our takes on a certain subject so no, i just feel like it's more interesting than to just say this happened and then that happened and then this happened after that right right exactly because people can just watch the fucking thing if they want if they want to yeah. know they're like oh play by play and then this scene happened we're going in chronological order i feel like us just kind of jumping around i'm not, i don't really not opposed to that maybe we'll change our minds later and go oh i see what we could do different <laughs> but i'm just saying like this was this was so much fun just jumping around and stuff and oh just yeah commenting on what we were, we were excited about i think is is i key. think more more than anything i just use bullet points to to remind me of uh the major moments in the film that i, w- I wanted to get your opinion on for mm-hmm. sure uh, it, it helps me uh remember because I, if i if i'm just going off of memory oh dude i'm gonna freaking forget <laughs> yeah it definitely helps me to jog that down so i I, th- I like that i'll have to write down some points of something I, I had some ideas already of what i wanted to discuss too especially mm-hmm. regarding regarding neil and and, and the, the whole equivocal thing kind of just popped up that's why it's kind of cool to have that kind of stuff not not have it so scripted mm-hmm. um because then ideas like like what i just i don't know where that came from talking about equivocal and unequivocal in terms of logic and then the words mm-hmm. and meanings of words words are so powerful we could go off sure. on a whole other thing with that and maybe we will but, but either way that- like, that's exactly this is how it happens when we're at work you know well <laughs> you, <laughs> right. you're like well, i'm just gonna say uh hey what'd you think of uh the movie and then <laughs> it just turns into two hours later 
Right. Still talking about it. Still talking about it. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Bringing in other movies as references and then going, oh, we should rewatch that or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But, but dude, no, oh, this yeah. has been fun, man. This is uh, more to come for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that was it. Episode one, Tenet in the books. In the books. Count it. Yeah. And we got to do this again sometime. <laughs> definitely. Had a lot of fun. Yeah. Same here, bro. Thank you. Thanks again. But, you know, also Domino's Pizza, you know, hey, holla, holla, down. Did you, uh, did you finish that? Are you going to, are you going to finish that last bite? Are you going to finish that? Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> I'm going to go grab me another slice when we're done here. Shoot. There you go. Yeah, you're going to